just when we thought our podcast was the only thing in existence that deserved a perfect 10 out of 10, Deathloop happened. But is Deathloop really a masterpiece? Is Deathloop really a masterpiece of shit? Is Deathloop Master P? We'll cover all of that and more in our Bethesda blowout, where we talk in circles about Deathloop, relive some of Bethesda's biggest classics, share what we think about their upcoming titles, and throw in a Master P joke that probably made you say, ugh. It's Pablo's Arcane Addiction versus my Doom and Gloom, and it starts right now. Welcome all to episode 19 of the Cooldown Time Podcast. I am one of your hosts and visionary with distasteful proclivities, reveling in my distastefulness in this time loop, and the one trying to stop this time loop by simply saying, fuck this time loop bullshit, (laughs) is your other host, Marco. Marco, how are you, brother? I'm good, but I'm going to delay my uh, my full response to that question to 2022. Well, we do have a lot to cover. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have a lot to cover. We got a full show today. We got the loadouts. We got the booty juice. And in honor of Deathloop, we got a special checkpoint chat. We're going to cover all things Bethesda and all their studios. We talk about their present. We contemplate on their future. And we reminisce on their past. But before we do that, Cooldown Time Podcast at IG, Cooldown Time Pod, Twitter, follow us. And wherever you get those podcasts, go get this one. Go get, get this it. one. Download it, stream it, put it in your ears. Shower with it. Just do all things mm. with it. Ah, come mm. on. It's fun. It's fine. Let's get, let's get soapy. Let's get soapy. <laughs> so let's let's jump right into it. Uh, let's go into our loadouts. Marco, why don't you, you kick us off here with your loadouts because you got some interesting games on your list. Yes, man, I do. I have been eating crow for the last couple of days. Yum, uh-huh. uh, yum, delicious. Uh, so I, I revisited Disco Elysium, the final cut, uh, the PS5 version. So mm-hmm. um, after I finished Ratchet and Clank, after I, I played with, uh, you know, the, the whole Psychonauts 2 thing and, and that didn't work out, I got kind of, you know, a little exhausted on, on some of like the whimsical storytelling and stuff like that. And I wanted to try to find a game that was um, a little bit more um, narrative driven, a little bit more intricate uh, and in depth with its with its uh, story, um, so I, I needed a break from the lighthearted games. And for me, uh, coming back to Disco Elysium just kind of um, reminded me of how much I missed the first time around. Um, because despite all of its obscurities, the game is an incredible glimpse into the rawest thoughts of a man uh, battling the burdens and the bliss of, of ignorance. So yeah. um, you kind of ushered into the life and mind of a broken man that sort of wakes up with no recollection of who he is after broken. this. Uh, shit. Yeah, after a, a drunken last hurrah, just to put it that way, mm-hmm. uh, that was supposed to end with an end, if you feel me. Um, mm-hmm. And as you, you wake up and you kind of start getting your bearings you you learn that you're a cop uh that's set to solve a um small town's murder mystery and you're set off to sort of roam the town with your partner and sort of piece together the clues while also picking up the pieces of who you were uh in the process sort of retracing your footsteps and figuring out like who you talked to before you lost your memory um and just kind of get a feel for your past and, and sort of how that influenced um the state of mind you were at when you arrived at this town and uh, I gotta say, I, I've 
I've really been locked in in a way that I wasn't the first time because, like I said, I was so thrown off by how weird the game was and some of the dialogue choices and the fact that these different aspects of your being and thought process were their own voices that you could have um, kind of talking you through your conversations with people. So you'll have like your empathetic side of yourself chiming in sometimes, the logical side of yourself that chimes in sometimes, um, and, and all of these different voices and perspectives um, are, are often like the way that, that human beings think in real life, where you have these different facets of your thinking and feeling that all kind of go to battle sometimes against each other um, to you know, fuel you and fuel you through a conversation. And, and so it's really been interesting to uh, really let myself immerse myself into this guy's uh, character and, and learn more about him and, and sort of empathize with him yeah. uh, the more I peel back. So um, I, I, I'm going to stick with it this time. Um, and I'm really, really enjoying it in a way that I definitely couldn't the first go around. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy that I came back to it. It was a game that I thought was going to be a top 10 for me. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited that it's kind of back in contention to hit that list if I can stick with it and really appreciate the game for what it was trying to do um, back when it came out. And I will say one of the things that bothered me was the way that the game played on consoles. And I think that they have since sort of worked out a lot of the kinks. It still feels a little clumsy. Um, but I think that, you know, the controls are definitely feeling a little bit smoother. Uh, it doesn't feel as flimsy, kind of the under the hood stuff, um, you know, like it did last time. Um, and I will say that, I, and I don't remember if this is something that was in the game when it first came out on consoles, but there's almost like a tutorial voice now um, that will kind of end um, when, when a conversation ends and you get like an item in your inventory. Um, like one of the things that you find is a clipboard that has all of your like detective files in it that you apparently threw away when you were drunk. And so when you get that item, the tutorial agent, as they call it, will say, you have an item that you can go into your inventory and, and examine. I, and I think that's I don't you. remember that. I think that's yeah. you. Yeah, it doesn't sound so, familiar. Yeah, if they, if they had something like that at, in the beginning, I think it would have been a lot easier for me to make sense of how to actually work my way through the game. Um, but it's a better late than never thing, so I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's yeah. a, it has the potential to, to be, for me, what it is for a lot of people if it stays the course um, story-wise. So, it, really well, if anything, I, I almost feel that the game actually starts off super weird. Um, mm -hmm. And it does, get, it does get weirder, but I think in a way that it's a little bit more... Um, it, it, it starts to delve into normalcy just a little bit. As, as you kind of start to find yourself the the kind of bombastic approach to, to storytelling kind of just it's a little bit it's a it becomes a little bit more uh consumable because at that pace you can't really play that game at that uh no no but i yeah. I, I do love the voices they and i like the fact that they're all the same voice because it's yourself talking to yourself in that way but exactly I, I, it mm -hmm. almost feels a little bit like um venom You've seen the Venom trailers, yeah. When they're talking, I feel a little bit like that. I, I, I really, I really enjoy this game quite a bit. I love it. I think, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Kitsuragi, uh, your oh, lieutenant, uh, yeah. yeah, Kim, Kim, yeah. I love he's, him because he he's a, awesome. the super straight man to your absolute weirdness. You'll do the crazy shit. He'll be like, okay, like <laughs> it, 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 it works so, so well. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I love this game. Um, I, I want before the year is up. I want to replay it. Um. A little bit, or at least dabble in it again, because I, I kind of want to go a different route. I, I went real crazy. I was like a drug addict. Uh, you were a hobo cop, right? Yeah, I was a hobo cop. Yeah, <laughs> who then who then started to be a art crit critic hobo cop. So I was like, uh, I was yeah, like, a, yeah. I was a snob, uh, art art snob slash hobo. It was um, 
good kind of true to life in some ways <laughs> but yeah <laughs> uh role-playing yeah. game yeah, yeah love, it, love um, it yeah 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 no it's 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 awesome so I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna stick with it and hopefully it, it keeps my attention uh and ends up on my top 10 of the year so we'll, yeah. we'll circle back to it later on in the year when it's time uh but in the meantime i have also been going through a bit of a backlog um streak obviously with with disco elysium but also with a game that i never got around to uh which happens to be uh from bethesda and that is the evil within 2 um i did play uh, a decent portion of the first game um i didn't really care too much for the gameplay i thought that the world was very cool in terms of its atmosphere being very unsettling and it definitely hit all the right horror notes yeah um i just i just couldn't get a good grip on the gameplay very much at all it felt too too kind of clunky and, and and janky in some ways so um i never really bothered with the evil within two because it just didn't really you know stick with me that well but as a horror game fan i knew eventually i'd come back to it and it is on game pass so uh i went back to it and i and i was really really impressed um I think for starters, it tells a much more personal story compared to the first game, as it talks more about Sebastian Castellano's family and his inner strife uh, after what happened with what his a, daughter what and a his dumb his wife. fucking name. Fam, that is a lot. That's a lot of name I'm right there. Dumb fucking. Name. <laughs> um, but he you know part what? Of the he, stripes. Jesus. He he kind of reminds me with, uh, of a lot of Max Payne in a yeah. sense, mm-hmm. um, even down to his look in some ways too. A little bit, yeah. Um, but I think that the story does a terrific job of setting the stage for what you are setting out to do, uh, which is finding your daughter, but with a you know, obviously a supernatural twist, which I won't I won't talk about, even though the game is old. Um, it does remind me a, a great deal of the Resident Evil remakes that came out uh, two and three specifically, yeah. uh, just in their overall structure, um, which is kind of interesting to me since this came out first technically. So it seems like Capcom was kind of referring to a lot of what this game actually did, which is which is kind of weird for me. Um, I will say that in terms of controls and movement, uh, it still does feel a little sluggish and laggy, um, and not as, um, you know, not as twitchy as I like, uh, but the world and I think all of its supernatural elements are still keeping me interested for now. Uh, but yeah, combat and shooting is, is to me not the best. Uh, so I'm, I'm not you, sure. Would you say Resident Evil 2 and 3 are twitchy though? Because they... They don't they're control not, they're, great either. They, they're not twitchy, but I feel like they're more responsive um, to me. Whereas That's this fair. one, it's 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 a little bit more of like a slow. And yeah. then we play with sensitivity. It kind of goes too fast, and it just doesn't ever feel right. So yeah. I'm I'm not sure what my mileage on this game will be, but I'm still invested for now. And I do think that at least from a story standpoint, it, it definitely did a great job in the beginning of uh, digging its hooks in. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll see how it goes with that one. Um, and the last uh, non-Deathloop uh, game in my loadout is NBA 2K22. So uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to lull our listeners to sleep with a lot of sports talk. Um, but the basketball? I will say <laughs> the basketball. Well, look, man, this is this is what I have have, have kind of dubbed an athletic RPG. Um yeah. It, and to me, it, it's got, I mean, it's got a lot of RPG-ass stuff in this game, even more so than previous years. It's got level grinding, it's got fast traveling, it's got quest icons, it's got loadouts, it's got branching story paths, it's got optional side quests, uh, it, it's got all that stuff. So the career mode is really the closest the series has ever come to true RPG status. Um, Damn, can you just play basketball? Shit. You sure can. Okay. And, uh, and and thankfully, the game of basketball is arguably the best 
I think it's ever been in the series, thanks to uh, some pretty major improvements with ball handling, defense, and and uh, in motion. So uh, it, it's definitely one of those iterations of the series where okay, this actually feels like a noticeable improvement uh, from what I played in the past. So um, you know, uh, other other modes are, are pretty good too. My team, which is the the card collecting uh, game, uh, is still very addictive, and they threw a lot of new uh, elements in there to keep it very fun and popular and fresh. And so, you know, overall, I mean, toxic community be damned. Uh, this is um, yeah. this is the game of basketball that I think a lot of fans deserved after a lot of rough years for the series and a game that I think some uh, RPG fans that are into sports might be pleasantly surprised about. So uh, pretty solid year overall, I'd say, for this for this series. So um, good for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I got, man. Yeah. So I- I'm playing a few new games. Um uh, to kind of the, to the antithesis of kind of what Marco is doing right now besides the NBA. But uh, I'm playing, uh, and, and I think I, I, I talked about Life is Strange True Colors last week. Yeah. That was super early on, and I kind of wanted to give some more thoughts. I'm I'm right there at the end of the game. I'm literally in the last spot. I just uh, I haven't had time to go back and, and, and finish up. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I think um, this game itself is, is I, I feel, is a very special kind of this kind of game you know what i mean uh an episodic uh type of choose your own adventure walking simulator type because it it, it really it really digs into the story aspect of it and it's all about your uh your player uh alex chen and and it has to because her superpower in every life is strange you have a, a a character with a superpower isn't isn't a hero type it isn't teleca- uh, telekinesis uh like it was in in uh, the second life is strange this is actually she's an empath so she can feel people's feelings very strongly and at, at, on on the onset when you hear that that sounds like a kind of a lame power but it really isn't <laughs> because she can actually tap into that person's uh those feelings and act- she could actually remove thoughts and memories that could cause people sadness or something like that so if someone's feeling extremely sad she can actually take that sadness and make him forget which is you know a very dangerous thing to do and a little bit what psychonaut uh kind of uh psychonaut suit kind of mess with like can you really go into somebody's mind change them and, and if you change them that like into their core can't what will happen to that person and there's a there's a choice you can make in the game where you can take somebody's sadness away i didn't do it but i was curious to see what would happen i looked it up and that person literally becomes a shell of themselves because they know something is missing they're not sad about it. Why didn't you take their pain away? Well, because I because <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got no heart. No, I didn't take it because I because I <laughs> I thought that that person should feel this specific kind of. Oh, uh, okay, okay. You know, uh, you're, they, you're they, trying they, not to spoil things. I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. They needed yeah. they needed to feel this, uh, and so I, I so there's a lot of aspects to the game that really work and they're really beautiful like that. Um, mm. I would say uh, one of the biggest lies the game has ever told you is that a, a group of pretty cool folks listen to Kings of Leon like, as like their base. <laughs> That's some bullshit, bro. <laughs> some, the oh. lies, the lies. But but I, I I would say that that um there this game really taps into the emotional aspect of certain things, and it's hard to talk about it without getting too much into spoilers. Uh, and it is fucking brutal because they, the, the certain things that they tap into are 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 not. I don't think there's a game that I've played that really taps into this specific feeling 
and and does it in a way where you're like, I feel her. I understand where she's coming from. And then at the same time, look at it from the outside and be like, this person's a fucking monster. Like it, it's just <laughs> that dichotomy there is is so good. And and, and I I really do. Um, I really I, I really I'm digging what they did with this game. It's so hard to fuck this shit up. It really is because it's it, these issues are, are really touchy. Um, and ultimately, the the writing is beautiful. The the go, going along with graphically how the game looks and, and how it plays, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it, it's 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 one of my favorite games of the year without pause. I mean, it's it's fantastic. Wow. The third episode um, of the game does a thing that I thought it was cute at first. I'm like, this is cute, right? And then it does a thing, and I'm like, fuck. I cried like I cried like about three <laughs> times in this game. I will, I will oh, at least tear it up. How many? I, uh, how many? Um, Doug tears. A- acts are there? There's not, five. How many tears. How many tears there's, did you cry? Uh, uh, five. Seven. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but um, yeah, man, because it, it, it's it's it really it's really a special game. And 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 and, and not to spoil anything, but every episode, almost every episode, has an ending or something that happens in it that hits you hard. Whether it's mm. emotional, whether it's like shocking, they do a really good job. I, I, and I'm actually really happy that this game came out as a whole, um, because some things, I some games of uh, some chapters, I feel are a little shorter than the other ones. And also, it, I would feel a certain kind of way if the first episode ended the way it did, and I would have to wait like three, four months away. Oh, uh, that's yeah. true. That's the way true. they set it up is really is 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 it's a perfect little kind of game. It's a short game. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna hit twelve hours or eleven hours once it's all said and done. But I I really enjoyed my time with it so far. I, I'm I'm right there at the end. So I'll. I'll uh, we'll definitely talk about this game later on in Game of the Year. Yeah, I'm going to get it. I'm just going to wait till it's on sale, probably yeah, around like I, I, Black Friday or Cyber Monday or something. It should probably be like 50 bucks, 40 bucks by then. So. I think with the games that are coming out now and everything that's happening, I think that's a good... Um, I think it's good to wait a yeah. little bit just because it is short and it is asking for $60. I mean, uh, I think right, the other right, games yeah. were what... Uh, Five six dollars an episode in the in in the previous games. Uh, I don't remember, but yeah, it was something in that ballpark. I yeah, think. it was like four ninety nine. Yeah, well, that's like what thirty dollars right there. So yeah, mm-hmm. this is asking for double that. And and and, and it's, the money is there, like in the product. Like it's it's the most beautiful mm-hmm. Life is Strange game, uh, and the animations and all that. They 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 do a really good job, and they have to because they emote. They have emotions, you know, and so they have to really do a really good job with the faces. And 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 Alex Chen and and, and everybody, all the uh, characters in the game, they feel like real people, and and that's what's important as Dope. well. They feel like yeah. real people. Uh, they're not. They're not. It's not what the writer thought this person would be. I feel, I, I haven't looked it up, but I have a feeling that a lot of these writers wrote very close to people they know or even themselves because they feel like like actual people. And they're, they are they are hipsters, but they're not hipsters in a way where like, I'm hipsters because I wear 500 bracelets. I'm hipsters <laughs> because I live in this town where I have access to these things and anybody coming from the outside in would see, oh, that's a hipster thing you're doing. He's like, really? It's just because it's the only thing that I have to do. You know what I mean? And so, they wear 500 bracelets. And, and they wear 500 bracelets. <laughs> they got to. You know, it's cool no, that's out dope. there. That's dope. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited, though. I, I'm, yeah. I'm actually glad that it turned out that well because I, I, I would love to play a game that, um, you know, has that, yeah. um, you know, that, that telltale kind of, you know, 
episodic tale, but not episodic, obviously now, but yeah. but just that that same spirit. I would love something like that right now. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I'm you'll, excited. You'll definitely enjoy it. I, I believe you will. Um, right. And just in case we haven't been clear, we are going to talk about Deathloop here in a little bit. It's part of our yeah, our, yeah, yeah. our we're, we're going to hold off on that. Yeah. But um, on a game that's been stealing time away from Deathloop more than I thought it would, and a lot more than I would like, because I kind of want to get back to Deathloop, is uh, Tales of Arise. Um, it's a, a, a JRPG uh, in the Tales series. Uh, and I think a couple episodes again ago, I think I talked about Berseria, that I was playing that, uh, yeah. and, I, and I was enjoying that. Um, but it felt old to the point where I, it, you know, it took me out of the game a little bit. This feels like that next step in, into uh, what a new Tales of Arise or a new Tales game. And Tales of Arise is is, is fantastic. Um, I, I think for me, what really kind of sells Tales of Arise is that it's a formula that's already proven. A lot of heavy lifting has already been done by the by the JRPG. Uh, uh, how good this JRPG was in, in different games, right? In other games, with Tales of Berseria and I think uh, Vesperia and all those uh, other games. But right. uh, the major improvement in terms of art style and, and graphic fidelity are all there. And I wouldn't quite say this game is next generation. In terms of graphics, but it, it's close to that, and, and it looks—it's really beautiful to look at. Even though a lot of the the areas that you're in are that kind of area for a long time, right? So there's about five big areas you go to: it's desert, snow, and, and so once you get into those areas, they are very different from each other, and they vary, and, they, and it's really good to see the, the differences there. But once you're in that area, you're in there for a little while, and it's just very samey um, in that way. But uh, the, the gameplay is fantastic. I mean, it, it, it feels like a, a, a... I think the a good comparison would be um, how Final Fantasy Remake managed to make it still feel like an RPG, but also be action. This will tell us the rise, which has done with... has done the same thing with, with the previous games. This one does it, and it feels like an action game, but it doesn't quite feel like you're playing Bayonetta, right? There's, mm-hmm. It still feels very much... Uh, like an RPG, and I I like that because I think you know if you're gonna go into that whole feel a- action part of the game itself, d- d- just be that game. You don't don't bog me down with all these uh, RPG like elements that feel like afterthoughts. Uh, but this doesn't. This is a RPG to the core, but also it's stylistic in its way uh, of its combat. It feels like a, a action game, but it also doesn't feel like an action game. Uh, voice acting is done well. Um, it's on. It's unapologetic Japanese. Like it is. Oh sure. Uh, yeah. 100%. yeah. I mean, the, the the intro song for Tales of Rise. The enunciation <laughs> is. I, I heard that shit. That is hilarious. The enunciation <laughs> is so horrible. That's it's hilarious. like what are they saying? But it's yeah, it's Japanese. But I, I think you know if you're a JRPG fan, you're gonna love this game. I, I have a, a few friends uh, that love uh, JRPGs, and when I look at their at their, that's all they're playing is Tales of Arise. And so yep. uh, I, it's it's there's a lot of that. I, I think that the character, the main character, um, which starts off as Iron Mask, that's his name at the beginning <laughs> of the game, uh, is a, it, it, it's tropey. He's he has amnesia. He doesn't know who he is. He believes, uh, you know, what they tell him as to who he is, whatnot. I haven't really uncovered who he is yet or anything like that. Just his name, which is Alfin, which is... It's funny because all the material in terms of the uh, talking about the game uh, previews call him by Alfin, but he doesn't know. He doesn't find that out to like two hours into the game itself. Oh, uh, really? So it's weird because he <laughs> goes by Iron Mask the whole time. But anyway, uh, it's campy, but I like it because it, the, the main conceit of the game isn't trying to find out who I am. Like that's it, not. I'm not trying to find out who I am. I know that I'm a Danon, uh, and I'm part of the slave people, and I am 
going to help free the slaves, right? It, that's that's the main conceit. But it's very cool to have that mystery as to who I am because you start picking up information, you start remembering things, and that adds a really nice element of storytelling to the entire experience where you're, you're invested in the game itself, but you're also invested in in, in, in Alfin and, and who he is, and you're learning along with him as to as to that. And you know, I, I the story is very basic on on in terms of like when you think about what is a JRPG in terms of story. This is, there's five kingdoms, there's five bad guys, gotta go through each kingdom and, and defeat each of the five bad guys. Yeah. But in between that and, and each of the motivations for each of those uh, characters that you meet in each of those levels, which each level has a character and they have motivations that might help you to kind of de- dethrone the, the Lord, there's a, it's a very interesting story to all of it. And it's and it's actually kind of serious. A lot. It reminds me a lot of like, uh, like the Egyptians and and the Jewish people, like I uh, see. yeah, okay. there's a lot of that. Like you're, you're the you seem to be the Messiah to lead all these people into freedom. There's uh there's Danans and there's uh Renans or Renas and there's the, the Renas are the slave owners and the Danans are the um are the slaves. Mm-hmm. You don't know why Rena needs the Dana so much. They they just do. So that's another part of the mystery itself. So it's a lot of that little stuff going back and forth. I am really really enjoying the shit out of this game. You've you've described this as a Marco ass game to me. So yeah, I, I I think I think for you that this is a game that you'll really 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 enjoy. It's just I I, I ha- you have to navigate what you're gonna be playing. Like if mm-hmm. if for example, uh, Lost Judgment is definitely not a game you're gonna be playing. Uh, and and, and if you're, we'll we'll talk about Deathloop in a little bit. If you find yeah. yourself in a in that gap, but I know that you you're in the very much and rightfully so that you're only really in the mood to play one more JRPG this year. Yeah, I got a limited supply of, of JRPG yeah. patience because a lot of it is very tropey, and you know, it. I played uh, obviously East Nine uh, a couple months back, and I loved that game. But it's it's a JRPG to its core yeah. in terms of some of the tropes. I mean, it does throw some interesting things in the mix. So I, I've kind of feel like I had my Tales of Arise kind of game already. So um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna see if um, how uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five gets reviewed on Switch. Yeah. And depending on which one I'm more drawn to, I'll just kind of pick one of those. So I will say this: um, in Ease uh, Nine, um, that kind of uh, Japanese trope that's there is more closely resembling that of anime, but like the like a younger anime. You know what I mean? Like a anime uh, a little more directed to younger people. In, in a little sen- bit in, se- in sensibility, a little bit. It's just a Even little bit has more hokey. It, it's yeah, more on the right. hokey side because he's it. like because the main guy is like just a serial adventurer, and I love adventure. And you that's know, right. Okay, another place to that's, adventure. That's one hundred percent right. And in in, in in Tales of Arise, it's a lot. I'm not gonna call it serious, but it's a lot more in that series. Like a lot of the tropey stuff has less to do with like I'm an adventurer and this is gonna be fun and like eyes wide open and ding nothing like that. It's more like <laughs> it's more like all of a sudden Iron Mask is screaming, I must read. Avenge my people! Like, I don't know where, like, that that kind of, like, uh, yeah. it, it's, like, really, oh, shit, the fuck? Like, even the characters yeah. in the game are like, god damn, <laughs> bro, chill. He gets real mad. Uh, nah, oh, it's, cool, uh, right. it's fantastic. And, and I'm, I'm a JRPG fan. I'm not as big yeah. as Marco. Um, no. Uh, but I I think Tales of Arise and, and many people have said this and I don't and I and I and I'm not gonna mention and I'm not gonna talk about this in any way that I think that I feel like I have the right to say it. But people who I respect, the people I read, say this is one of the best JRPGs since per, uh, Persona Five. Um, I can so, believe that. Yeah. I can so believe that. Yeah. I I I am a 
Persona 5, one of the many that never finished Persona 5. But you put a lot of hours into it, But Yeah, it's the thing. I put about 75 hours into Persona 5 on Mm -hmm. total. And I will tell you this. I think think Persona 5 is the best JRPG I've ever played and I never finished it. It it's just it's so it's so good. <laughs> it's like so ridiculous. But it's though. so long but it gets to a point where it's like, man, it, I know what they're doing and I and I'm sure that the end of this game is fantastic, but mm. uh, it always catches me in a, in a in a spot where I can't finish it. But anyway, that's where I'm at uh with my games right now. Cool, man. Yeah. Um so shifting gears to some of our news loadouts. Um so Pablo rumors they be swirling. They be and, swirling. Um, Microsoft is once again at the epicenter of another acquisition rumor. And the rumor is that another acquisition is imminent and that we were going to get an announcement sooner than later. Now, the interesting thing is that this is apparently possibly going to happen before the Tokyo Game Show and because it is coincidentally timed close to the Tokyo Game Show. Many people are speculating that this uh, is possibly the announcement that was sort of getting tossed around a couple months back about Sega uh, potentially being the big acquisition. And this would be, if the rumors are true, a pretty big acquisition. I mean, before the show, we were kind of looking into... um, their their numbers, their sales, and and just some of the you know the, the corporate stuff that that goes into Sega Sammy, and this would not be a cheap acquisition for Microsoft in the slightest. So, um, I guess I'm going to kick it over to you first and and get your you know your your gut reaction to this uh, rumor kind of kicking back up again, and how you feel uh, this would fit with Microsoft um, if if this does happen. Well, I, I want to say first and foremost is that I don't believe it. And the reason that I'll say I don't believe it is because reading here uh, all the rumors and all that, it feels exactly like the same thing before E3 was happening. Where mm-hmm. it was now, the difference being is that this is a little more concentrated in, in as to who it might be. The other rumors were a little bit more widespread as to who it could be. So, right, I I, I don't believe this to be true. Um, I do think that Xbox is talking to a lot of people, to Sega. I think they're talking to uh, probably Ubisoft. I think they're talking to a lot of WB. I think they're talking to a, a lot of companies because they want to bolster that 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 portfolio for sure. Um, you know, if, if Xbox hardware dies and anywhere the next 20 years, they're going to have IP up the ass and they're going to still be, you know, the best developers and, uh, and and publishers of video games for a long time to come, regardless of, of the outcome of the console. But um, I, I think this is a huge acquisition. Uh, acquisition. I think it's I, I think it's it's in line with Bethesda, in that there's a lot of good IP to be had and to to, to make money off of it. I don't think as a video game fan, um, I will be even nearly as excited for the acquisitions in terms of like video games. Like I don't care about Sonic. I, I love Yakuza games, but I mean we're already on Yakuza Seven. Uh, you know, it's how how much more of that. You know, how much there is there a uh, goal to mine there? Um, uh, you know, they're going to buy Atlas, and, and, and Atlas has really great games. Well, Persona. Persona, yeah. spe- uh, specifically yeah. Persona. And that's great, but Persona comes out every, like, what, 10 years almost? So, I, I not not to not to downplay that, but that's, that's kind of my, why I wouldn't be, why I don't want it to be Sega, because I wouldn't be as excited for Sega like I was for Bethesda, simply because of the fact that I just don't, I just don't like. I just don't really. I'm not a huge fan of the portfolio as much as I am for uh, Bethesda games. 
Yeah, I feel that. I mean, I think for me, I, I do think that there's some validity to um, Microsoft and Sega kind of buddying up. Um, in, in uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, uh, Sega Sammy Holdings Incorporated split their um, their company into two distinct uh, corporations, Sega Group Corporation and, Se- and Sammy Corporation. And usually when companies split their, uh, their entities into two, that usually means that there is some sort of interest from another party in a potential acquisition. So you're kind of splitting your finances and, um, you know, to provide, you know, the right kind of data for a possible acquisition to take place. So I do think that, I mean, and, and that's, that's not necessarily the only reason why they would do this, but uh, in terms of the timing and the rumors, it does sort of, um, it does sort of make a little bit of sense uh, to, to see them do that and keep Sammy for themselves so they can yeah. focus on that business, which is uh, usually pachinko and um, a lot of, you know, the the arcade sort of stuff that they do out there. Um, so I think that it is possible. Um, I, I do think that they are trying to really crack the code with how to get Xbox to succeed in Japan. Um, I don't necessarily know if this is going to be enough to do that. But I do think that in Microsoft's mind, after everything they've tried for all these all these years, um, in their minds, it probably would have to take something very expensive like an acquisition like this to uh, to give it one last push and say this is the home of Sega and and in some capacity, um, you know, tantalize you know that that uh, audience to get an Xbox for you know, exclusive RPGs and, yeah. and maybe bringing back some old IPs as well. But um, how effective that's going to be is is anyone's guess. But if I'm Microsoft and I'm really, really trying to, to thrive in that market, I am going to probably spend some money to give it a shot. I, I just personally don't know if it's going to be enough myself, but it would be cool to see. When you look at, when you look at Bethesda, uh, they have a history with Xbox. Um, in the past, you know, I think Morrowind was a, a Xbox OG exclusive. Yeah. Uh, when it came out, there's that relationship there. So, uh, the, the purchase of Bethesda for me makes a lot more sense. With Sega, it would be a huge, massive fuck you, and also ask to the Jap- to, to people <laughs> in Japan to tell you, you guys want to play Persona Six, buy an Xbox, because that would be fucking. That I don't know. I don't think. I don't just. I just don't know, unless because. Microsoft, I think Phil being a killer would be like Persona Six is exclusive to Xbox and Nintendo. Oh, he you would. Know, oh, yeah. he would do that. Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Do that. And in which case, I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to see that now. But uh, <laughs> see? Not, not 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 because I you know not because I fuck PlayStation, but because I I I, I just like seeing killers be killers. <laughs> exactly. The space killers. Yeah, man. Uh, and, and that's what I'm hoping for too. I, I do. I, the sadistic side of me does want another crazy big acquisition. Like oh, this yeah, in general, me too. I, I, I just want to see it. I think this is it. This would be it. I, I yeah. think I think Ubisoft. I think in terms of like ranking them from the biggest, it's Sega, Ubisoft, WB. Even though I think Take WB two would probably yeah. be another big one if that yeah. was in contention. That would be. I don't big, think that would, that would be, be insane. That would be insane. Um, but yeah. Anyways, we'll see what happens. If if there is news, you know we'll cover it on the pod, so we will keep you all posted. Breaking, uh, breaking the... news, uh, Microsoft just <laughs> bought they Sony. Bought, they bought Japan. They, <laughs> they bought, bought all Japan. of Japan. Yeah, they bought, um, uh, they bought Japan, and they're labeling... Oh, they're renaming Japan to Ghost of Tsushima Don't Live Here No More. <laughs> Damn. That's fucked up. 
Uh, Game Pass exclusive. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you got for your uh, for your loadout news, bro? It's it's uh, it's delays, man. So this is the one game that when it was announced in December, I already thought in my head while uh, Marco's phone just falls flat. I just. I just <laughs> Face planted you on my desk. <laughs> uh, in this game, when it was announced in December, uh, Dying Light 2, with the worst subtitles, Stay Human, um, was going to get delayed. And it did. It got delayed to February. Um, I I think such a short, small delay, I think this is more having to do with getting away from Halo, perhaps. Um, I mean, uh, it, it's always weird when it's a December release date for me. It always feels a little bit, are you sure you're going to do this yeah, in December? But you know what? <laughs> you know? But the games that are ha- had success in December, uh, mainly, uh, um, oh my god, I'm blanking out. Uh, it's part six is coming out. Big games like that. <laughs> part six is coming out right now. Oh my gosh, I always do this. <laughs> is it an Xbox game? No, no, no. It's a game that you're not excited for. Uh, oh, it, Far Cry Six. Far Cry. Holy shit! Far Cry Three Jesus. came out in December, uh, <laughs> and it did really well in December. So you know. Well, there's yeah. there's that, but uh, so dying light to stay human delayed to February 2022. A little disappointing because I am looking forward to that game. It looks it looks really good. Yeah, it um, looked good, man. I mean, I'm just kind of bummed because you know, as recently as Gamescom, they were like, "Yeah, we're still we're still on track, you guys." I don't think they yeah. were ever going to release this year, but I would say it's a blessing in disguise because of the simple fact that Halo's coming out the next day. Literally the next day. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, so so. It, it, it probably was going to get lost in the shuffle anyway. So February seems good. The problem with February is the first like four or five months of 2022 are fucking bananas. I, I, I suspect more delays. Not for this game in particular, but I'm looking over here at, at other games and I'm thinking, are, are, are they going to make it? You know, I think that some games next year are going to get delayed just to move them out away from I'm, other games. I'm eyeballing Elden Ring. Mm. You think I'm it's going to get delayed? I, I'm thinking if I'm playing Elden Ring in January, I'm going to be surprised. I think it's a fall 2022 mm. game, and they Man. haven't said yet. That's just that me. would be that would make sense because by now, like, come on, we need something. Like, yeah, show us some more of the gameplay, please. Yeah, <laughs> they just released something not too long ago. Um, but you know, and I think people were like, "Well, they just released information. There's no way that they're going to delay the game." Dying Light had a whole thing like two weeks before yeah. it was delayed, so it was you know. Yeah. And then the other game that's not so disappointing because it was only delayed like a month or so is Battlefield 2042, uh, delayed to November 19th, um, which was kind of par for the course. Nobody was nobody was really talking a lot about it, and I mean, Call of Duty's like they won't shut up about Call of Duty, uh. and, and 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 you know. And, and Battlefield just wasn't saying anything. Um, so we'll see now. Uh, they have uh, their beta is starting this October 8th now. I think or something so, like yeah. That. yeah. Which is going to be a little weird, too, because, um, you know, Metroid Dread comes out oh, yeah. October 8th. I think on the 7th something comes out that's pretty big that I can't remember. But, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, but Dread is, Dread, Dread is huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So even, I'm not even a Metroid fan, now, and I'm, I can't wait for that. Oh, I'm dying for it. But yeah, yeah. Um, as far as Battlefield goes, I mean, you know, like you said, it was it was getting a little too quiet. Uh, usually the rollout for Battlefield kind of ramps up at this point in the year, but there was really nothing being said. 
Um, so I, I, I kind of, you know, predicted it as soon as um, Jeff Grubb said there's another delay that's going to be announced soon. And I'm like, that's it's got to be Battlefield. I think I was, you know, personally afraid it was going to be Halo or something. But I'm like, there's just no way because Battlefield's been too quiet. So uh, it's not the end of the yeah. world. It's not a it's not a long delay, like you said. Um, so I think it's probably just to kind of, you know, tighten a few more screws and make sure it's ready. Um, but they, they've got to get this right because they, they really haven't done a lot uh, to compete with Call of Duty. Um, with the Battlefield franchise in a while, so this this kind of needs to come out of the gate in pretty good shape. So, um, word. Uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they delayed it even further. Um, because I was gonna say three weeks is like, are you again? It's another one of those. Are you sure that's all you need? Are you sure? Like, and also, hmm. I, I think they're gonna be really close in contending with Call of Duty. Like, Call of Duty comes out a couple weeks before that, right? Yeah, and, and then you're coming Halo. up on Halo. So, it, I mean, it's kind of a weird spot they're in, so I, I, the, we'll see what happens. The only difference is with, with, with games like this now is they have long legs. And so, mm-hmm. and yeah. before it was like, oh, the, the competition of Halo, Call of Duty, Battlefield, it, uh, it's all there. And it's they have a one-year time frame to be relevant. Not anymore. I mean, all these games, with the exception of Call of Duty, are are going to be vying for your attention for many, many years to come. So I guess when yeah. it releases, it doesn't matter um, yeah. as long as that they support it. I, I, Battlefield uh, uh, looks great. Yeah, I can't. It still looks good. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm still excited about it. I'm just oh, hoping yeah. that there's not a it's not a bad omen or anything like that. But yeah, we'll I, I think I think the worst that could happen to it is maybe it delays. I mean, maybe it releases with some missing features or some kind of connection issues. Or it gets delayed. I think I'm okay with you. At this point, again, because they're so they have such long legs and they're gonna be around for such a long time, I'm almost I'm almost very gonna be really forgiving if, uh, about these games if they launch badly because yeah. in, a, in 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 a couple of months it doesn't even matter, you know. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up loadouts and loadout news. So uh, for booty juice, Pablo is going bootyless today. I have one. I ain't got no juice in my booty. You ain't booty. got no juice. I got I got some juice. I got some juice. I'll share. Um, this one's kind of uh, <laughs> this one's kind of an interesting one, man. Uh, you know, speaking of breaking news, um, this just in: Kratos got on a boat. Uh, eyewitnesses were shocked and alarmed to find that the iconic antihero of God of War gets on boats the same way he usually does, proving that God of War Ragnarok is destined to be a rehash and a failure, commercially and critically. Um, uh, of course. Of, of course, course, Pablo. The, no, of uh, course, of course. Look, man, the gaming community is back to split another hair to prove Jesus. a point that doesn't matter. At all. <laughs> in, in, in an argument forged in the flames of Mount Petty. Okay? <laughs> um, this this is just this is just so internet, man. Like it is. and this all comes from a tweet that basically compared um, you know, the animation of Kratos getting into the boat or canoe, whatever you want to call it, uh, from God of War 2018 with what was shown at the trailer from the PlayStation showcase that had uh, went down. Um, so same animation. And I, I honestly and thankfully, um, you know, that tweet got some backlash and it wasn't oh, a lot of uh, it was beautiful. It wasn't a lot of people that were going, yeah, fuck Sony or you know, Microsoft is the best. It wasn't a lot of that. So it was, like you said, it was kind of beautiful to see everybody go, fam, stop. <laughs> Eat a bag of dick, sir. <laughs> and do it the same way every time. Same animation <laughs> when you do it. You understand me? I, um, 
My thing is, how many though. ways can you get on a boat? That's what I'm saying. I, I tweeted, like, when you get into your car, do you get into it a completely different way every time? Do you do you climb in through the window? I mean, unless you, you got some type of weird OD, uh, OCD. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, it's just, uh, I don't have much to say about but, it. I just, I get annoyed that, that this is what the community does when they want to, f- like, fan the flames of, of their fanboyism. But it just doesn't make, like, if you're going to, f- are you going to fan some flames? It makes sense. Like, this don't even make sense. Like, when you look at, when you look at games that come out, like, sequels to games, especially games that come out so close together within the four or five years of each other, the reason that that game is able to come out quicker than the first game is because they have already a set base of of assets of uh, of, exactly. of, of, of a video game engine ready to go. And it, it, that's what I mean. Look at look at the um, look at Horizon Forbidden West. You can look at that game and be like, "Oh, it looks the same." Yeah, it looks the same. Beautiful as shit. I mean, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? The same thing with the same thing with God of War. That game looks fucking amazing. It looks like a PlayStation Five. Uh, version of of what the regular God of War is, and yeah, it has a lot of the same looking character models. Uh, it has a lot of the same kind of animations when he's throwing the axe, and re- that doesn't mean it's a rehash. You fuck, it's yeah, it's dude. a sequel uh, to the game. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't know what it is about like the this 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 era we're in, where you know these these hairs get split. Like you remember with um with the Halo Infinite. Thing with like the watermelon. Hey, when oh I shoot my. this fruit, it doesn't <laughs> explode, man. And then the guy who complained about Why? it had no idea what the original game he was using for reference even was. It's like <laughs> he just you're just talking. Now you're just talking shit. Oh, they didn't they didn't pay attention. Oh, the only reason I shared that was because of how much they didn't pay attention to detail. It's a fucking alpha. Come and on. it's and it's like not even it was playing you're playing against bots like they're not even testing like the actual game and it's a it was a version of a game that's two months prior to the alpha game going into alpha like what are you and, talking about and why are you so conf- concerned about smashing fruit why are you uh, doing this you weirdo I don't know what he does in his own time I don't know man but he had an issue with them uh, with them melons um but you know mm. just it, I'm, I'm just okay mm. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't need you to do that I didn't need you to do that at all we're gonna move on we're just gonna move on um, so, uh, so as promised, ladies and gentlemen, we have a, Beth- <laughs> he's, he's going to keep doing it. Listen to my voice once again. Um, we, we are going to have ourselves a Bethesda blowout to commemorate the release of Deathloop. So we are going to talk about the, the present, which is of course, Deathloop. We're going to, uh, take a trip down memory lane, uh, and talk about our top three favorite Bethesda games of all time. And then we're going to give you a future games breakdown where we talk about the, uh, the the upcoming games from Bethesda. We're going to give you our hype levels and talk a little bit about uh, what we think those games are going to have to do to be successful and our overall thoughts about them as well. So, um, but Pablo, there is obviously no time like the present. So why don't we start there and talk about Deathloop? So we have uh, we have a lot to unpack about this game, right? This is uh, this game has come out to rave reviews, uh, to say the least. Um, some some outlets have given it perfect <laughs> scores. Oh no, that kind of okay. Rave. Yeah, no, 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 no ghost Ah, ghosts. damn. Um, yeah, LSD away. Put these away. Put the pills away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, put your shirt back on too. Uh, so, oh, man. So uh, yeah, it's mesh and it looks weird on you, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, so my nipples are uh, chafing. All right, let's uh, let let's let's go to back the death loop now. Let's talk about let's talk about games. Uh, so uh, mm. let, let let's kind of set the table here. Um, you know, 
very, very intriguing game uh, leading up to release, to say the least, right? So, so yeah. much uh, uh, tireless attempts at explaining what Deathloop is over and over again. Um, and I don't know about you, dude, but what I found that this game is, is essentially, it's a roguelike in sheep's clothing, uh, in, in so yeah. many words. Um, I, I think that it uses a, a three-strike rule and opportunities to you know permanently keep items and weapons and so and, and powers to make its repetition more approachable and palatable. But to me, at its core, this this is a roguelike. What do you, I mean? Do you agree? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think that the whole kind of this is a hard game to describe uh, thing is a little bit blown out of proportion. But I do think it's smart marketing because I th- I'm pre- Arcane leaned into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and they showed so many trailers, and, and they were so vague in what it was. I thought it was a smart thing because I'm coming. I'm I come into the game intrigued because I love the immersive sim aspect of the game, um, but I also am not a fan of roguelikes. And and they stayed away from from calling it a roguelike because there is, regardless of what people say, there is a negative connotation for the term roguelike in some for some gamers. Me. Yeah. And Marco, I think, are one of them. When you say roguelike, automatically I'm thinking Ugh, budget yeah. title or something. Yep. Now, Hades was decent. I, I liked Hades. I didn't like um, uh, Returnal at all. Oh, but I didn't like Returnal I, at all. But I, I liked Hades for what it was. And and I'm not. I'm not. I don't hate the genre. It's just not the genre that I uh, I'm a fan of. And so by not calling Deathloop a roguelike. It was smart because I probably would have come into the game a little less open-minded, right? Because I'm open to the fact that this game is maybe nothing. It's so, it's so different that it's hard to, to, to kind of uh, describe. And like and Marco said, it is an immersive sim that is a roguelike. And it's easy mode roguelike, right? Because it has three lives. It actually feels yep. almost... And I'll, and I'll explain this. And tell me how you feel about this because I've been thinking about this. It almost feels like a NES game or SNES game where you have levels to go Continues to. Continues or oh, no, I'm sorry, keep yeah, going, keep going. You go you got levels and you got levels to go to, and each level you have three lives yeah. to beat it. And if you don't, you die and you start over. That's mm-hmm. kind of how it feels like if you wanna if you wanna get fancy with it. But at the end of the day, this is undoubtedly a roguelike. The comparisons to Hitman, very little of Hitman is in this, except maybe when at the beginning where you're you're kind of picking your loadout. It, it, there's none of that. I mean, there's not a lot of that. It, it is a roguelike no. game, but it is a roguelike in the world of a dishonored, uh, the, the people who made Dishonored, because it yeah. feels very much like that. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at with that particular yeah. aspect of it. And, and I think there's a difference between a game like, like let's say, 12 minutes, right? where it is literally a a time loop groundhog day kind yeah. of thing but deathloop has that but it has it in a obviously more elaborate fashion but it's the it, but it's the, the the limited amount of lives aspect of it yeah yeah and the starting your day over thing it doesn't feel as punishing but it is still at its core starting you over uh, in yeah. some form or fashion so i i think it was important to kind of establish that early before we dig in deeper with the game because I think that influences a lot of my criticisms with it um, and, and some of my compliments too. Um, 
I think for me, because it's it, it is the, in that roguelike form, it does feel like another one of those um, deceptively lean games in that there's only uh, four different locations to explore, which are you know they're they're relatively fleshed out nicely, but they're not super complex. Um, but unless also, you're thinking about like different times of day where right. you know the environment changes and stuff like that, which throws a little bit of a wrinkle in there. But overall, it's 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 really it just four different for, places. Uh, it throws me for. Uh, I'm not going <coughs> to let you finish this. I'm not going to let you... A loop. He finished it. Okay. All right. Hey! Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, you know, that to me was one of those telltale signs of like, okay, there's, uh, I, there, there is a lot of game here, but that kind of thing does sort of feel like a very roguelike, you know, element because a lot of roguelites kind of like, like uh, Returnal, like we said in the past, not a lot there in terms yeah. of the actual levels. They're just kind of Legoed together in a certain fashion. And this doesn't have that problem because they're actual yeah, yeah, real yeah. locations, which is good. But I think one of the problems for me is that none of those locations really stood out or felt memorable to me. Um, there's a few little places here and there within certain levels. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. That's a neat little thing over mm-hmm. there. But nothing really um, left off the screen to me in terms of like memorability. Much like, much like when you think about Dishonored, right? And I'm not right. a fan of it. You are. There's those levels you can think of off the top of the head. Oh, that one, that place, blah, blah, blah. Even with Prey, like certain areas within yeah, that, yeah. that spaceship. is like, oh, I remember that. I don't feel the same way here. How do you So, feel? yeah, I, I agree. I agree because of who made the game. Um, Arcane, yeah. uh, for all its, uh, for all the good and bad it does in terms of like game development, one of the things that it has that it's absolutely top notch in my opinion is uh, particularly uh, game level design. Uh, when you look at a level like Clockwork Mansion in Dishonored mm-hmm. Two, exactly. which is fucking incredible, it is an amazing piece of work. It really is. I mean, you can do so much, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah. um, it, when you look at Deathloop, the interesting things about the level is you got the morning, noon, afternoon, and the nighttime. And each of those things, uh, because everybody knows they're in a time loop, and they pretty much start the morning off drinking and, and starting their day off. And at the night, it's fucking pandemonium. And right. so each the levels, you know, as time goes by, they get they change. They get destro- destroyed in certain ways. But that aspect of it is really cool, and I like it. And it, it feels very arcane. But ultimately, when you look at other games that they've done, the the level design is usually always stands out. And I, I would I would admit that out of everything that this game does, I would say level design is probably towards the end of it in terms of things that stand out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's not it's not that it's bad. It's just that compared to other arcane games, I don't think it's no. as memorable. Yeah, um, I so, yeah. I encountered this 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 part in a level where this level is uh, I forgot the name of the level. Uh, it's a smaller. It's one of the smaller levels, and I got into this place where there's a whole underground part of that level that you would never find out unless you follow a specific uh, specific uh, story thread, and that mm-hmm. just blew my mind. And I flooded it, thinking it's gonna be. <laughs> I fucking drowned. I mean, it was. <laughs> it, 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 there's a lot, a lot of uh, stuff like that uh, in terms of like the intricacies yeah. of those levels and things you can do within them. But in terms of design, yeah, it, it's not. It's not the best of arcane. Yeah, way. and you know, I think that part of it, especially with the size of those levels, I think it's almost intentional because of the Juliana factor. You know, if you're doing a PvP, you can't necessarily have an open world because then the only way it would work is if you like actually show her like this is exactly where your cult enemy is on the map. So let's maybe jump, they let's, keep it a little bit more contained like that on purpose. Let's jump into that real quick. 
the Juliana stuff. Yeah, yeah. Be- because I think um, at first I started to think that this was a really interesting um, aspect of the game, and I still think that in theory it's a really cool idea because it changes the complexity of of the game itself. Like if you're doing a, yeah. a run and and you're you, you kill the target and you have to get back to the exit, and all of a sudden that music comes on and Juliana yeah. is after you're like, oh fuck, it's not <laughs> because sometimes what I like to do is I like to kill everybody in the in the level or yeah. at least make myself a, a in my mind i'm making myself a path so when i yeah. come back i follow that path and then when juliana comes into the fray it's it it i completely like i lose it i'm like oh shit and the only issue is is that when you have it open to other players Ugh. they have better gear Oh. They have, uh, and that can bring all that into it, and it really becomes not so fun. It's not. Uh, and also, they know the level too. They know exactly where the exit is, and so they can just wait for you there. Uh, when you're, if they know that you've uh, finished, uh, I don't think they know specifically where you are in in, in terms of everything, but they can just no. wait. Yeah, they, they, they don't they don't mark where you're at. Um, but they obviously like part of it is they they block your exit with the satellite thing until you um. Until you, until you, know, you uh, repair it or whatever it, it is. Yeah, yeah hack it. Um, so there is that part of it. So they know you're going to have to go there eventually. Yeah. So they, they know to kind of wait around there. And they know where um, it's at. Yeah. It, yeah. So it, I just think that that whole mode uh, fails on many level, levels to deliver um, a quality experience worth coming back to. Um, and, and like you said, I think the PvP aspect of it just doesn't... It feels more frustrating than fun to me at times, too, because... There was a day where we played this game, and yes. it was like every fucking time we got in, it was like every time uh, invaded again, yeah, again. It was like, oh my god, I can't make any progress because it I wasn't fun. Destroyed. Yeah. That wasn't fun. So, I actually recommend turning it off completely and just letting the AI Juliana. I think come the in. AI Juliana works a lot better because it almost knows when to come in. Like, yeah, it, it, it almost was a. Like, I killed everybody in the map nine times out of ten. If I kill everybody in the area. Mm-hmm. When I'm finished the task, Juliana's gonna come in, and and, and that's cool because I like that's fine. I like, yeah, yeah. And and yeah. the and the and the AI uh, boss, uh, the AI Juliana is not as as punishing as a fucking Twitch YouTuber who's trying to <laughs> <laughs> fucking disgrace it's, you in front of mi- bro, thousands of viewers. It's so true though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not a big fan of it. Um, you know, I I think that the gameplay overall, though, I mean, just like cults, um side of things from a gameplay perspective yeah. is 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 definitely I think it's the most approachable from a gameplay standpoint that I have played from Arcane just in terms yeah. of how the game feels um, it does have some occasional clunk but I do think that like uh, the gunplay and the weapons feel a lot better than in previous uh, games they've done. Uh, the slab powers, even though they're kind of plucked almost completely from Dishonored in, in many ways, um, they do a really good job of keeping things interesting too. So I, I do like that. Um, I, I almost wish this game was in the Dishonored universe. Because yeah. it would have made way more sense to, to bring these powers over and just kind of figure I out mean, a way to connect it. But I, I still like that it, you know a lot of the things that were fun to do in Dishonored were brought over here, too. I will say this. Do not be surprised that if a couple of years down the road, Dark King says that it, it is. Because the, a lot of those <laughs> a lot of those powers are a little too... Like, a specific... They're yeah. just too... They're too similar. Like, and Blink this, and Shift are like, really? They're literally the same thing. They're 100% the same thing. So I'm thinking maybe this is uh, takes place in the future. Because Why not? obviously... Yeah. yeah. Uh, that'd be dope. Give it some lore. Yeah, that'd give it some dope. cool lore. Um, yeah. I-, I will say one thing about that is um, I feel that Arcane is in the... It's in the right path to, to make to make their Witcher 3, if, 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 if you know what I mean. 
Like, I think that they got all the stuff together that they need to make that next game that's really going to be like, holy shit, like, this is... Like it's gonna so, break yeah. through the market because I know one thing with you with Dishonored specifically was some uh, uh, technical stuff things uh, with the with the lag and the controls yeah. and that stuff that really could, you couldn't really appreciate the game because of that you know you're pretty sensitive to that kind of stuff uh, as to where I'm I'm not as much mm-hmm. uh, but it, it this is an this is a market improvement uh, oh, to yeah. what Dishonored is so if if they can if they can meld. The, what they did with Dishonored and they could do what they are doing here with T- Deathloop, uh, I think that they can make their next, like, their next game could be, like, fucking phenomenal. Uh, hopefully, Dis- uh, Dishonored 3. Uh, we'll see. You know. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that'd be dope. But, but yeah, but I one of the things I want to say here um, yeah, yeah. is, uh, and we'll have to bring this up because I think this is very important. Um, I, we we, lo- we lo- I think we, we, it's fair to say we enjoy the game. Right? We think it's a good game. I but like one, it. Yeah. One of the things that uh, is a little frustrating is the enemy AI. Oh, uh, I was just going to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go for it. Uh, the AI, the it's a weird, for me, it was like a kind of a weird, like, wave effect. Because at first, the AI didn't, it's not very good. It's it's a very no, dumb it's, AI. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's not going to be good. And then I started powering up, getting more slabs, and, and and feeling more powerful. And then I was having a fucking ball, just kind of chaining all this shit together and just mm-hmm. kind of running up to motherfuckers and stabbing them. I was having a great time. But then, but then as as I started kind of doing more and more of that and and having to repeat certain areas to to because I've collected the enough information to do the one thing a different way, it 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 became a little bit of a like. A mindless kind of trudge through the through that level yeah. specifically just to get to the place where I need to be. I, I I've seen like playthroughs where people are just running through the map. Oh yeah, yeah, I started doing that too. Yeah, yeah. so just and it's like kind of like that's not the best way of doing that, but you know, but but the AI is so fucking dumb that <laughs> it's really like okay, I, I I need to get to that place. I'm just gonna get get there quickly. Uh, so I think ultimately the AI is more problematic than it is not problematic uh, i think so too yeah i think because so too. It, it's a game about repetition and then you're there a lot and it just becomes very boring to do the same thing over and over and really exactly. not not implement the skill level that you've that you've gathered by playing this game so much uh because it really is it really is pretty easy to get through you know yeah i mean it's 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 immersion breaking for me as well because it it takes a lot of the feeling of danger out of the game to your point Especially um, because, when you get more powerful, yeah. Yeah, especially when you get when you start, you know, loading up on all the right, you know, weapons and, and, and powers and stuff. It, it just becomes kind of a, a shooting gallery after a while. Um, and, and the, you know, the stupidity of the AI kind of ranges from you know, kind of like I don't know what to do to um, oh, he's been caught. Now let's all converge in the same spot and yeah. shoot him all together. Because right, it's right. just some dumb AI programming we were told to do, and so it just kind of cheapens the experience, and it makes the progress that you're fe- that you're encountering feel less earned. That's right. Because it's just so simplified that even when you're doing something stealthy, which is a whole other thing I was going to get into, it doesn't even feel gratifying because the enemy's just standing there waiting to die, uh, more so than actually doing things. Yes. So it, it's it just doesn't work. And I think on the stealth side, I mean, it, to me, you know, coming from the Dishonored lineage, I was expecting more. Um, you know, because stealth is encouraged. It's not the game's bread and butter, obviously, but it is encouraged as, as an option. But I don't feel like it's a particularly um, valuable one because all stealth really is is just crouching uh, and stealth kills from behind. 
so without things like shadow concealment, which was a huge omission from this game, which I was really surprised about. Like I, I was hiding in a, in a shadow, a shadowy area uh, in a room, and I was completely shrouded in darkness. And enemy turned around and saw me right away. Like there he is, and I'm like, wow, really? We're not doing shadow concealment anymore. Like that's that's not cool. Um, you know, things like wall hugging uh, would have been a nice appreciated thing because uh, sometimes moving around the island's geometry is a little weird. Yeah. Sometimes, um, even you know, um, more viable hiding spots too. There's like really not a lot of places you can go hide. You're just kind of tiptoeing behind people most of the time. Yeah. So I just felt like a lot of that was sort of hollow uh, and 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 relatively more unreliable compared to Dishonored. So I was a bit bummed by that too, uh, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, in order to get the maximum. Um like uh, placed uh, playstyle, like a uh, stealth playstyle, you have to upgrade certain slabs to 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 do that. And and, and yeah. dishonored dishonored also is a little bit like that, where um uh, your a lot of your 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 high level stealth stuff is attached to your powers. Um, but I agree. I, I think that a game like this that encourages uh, stealth and action, you know, to play that. It's funny because it, like you said, it's not necessarily um it doesn't have a lot of mechanics to f- completely call this game a stealth game but it also the way that your your the bullet limitation uh the limited amount of ammo you get and your health and, being kind of limited and your health being limited it's not really a, a balls out shooter so no. it, it's a weird it's a weird in between where i guess it really wants you to to to, to do both yes. but um but it really doesn't it tells you to do anything any way you want and that's very true about this game you can go about it any way you want but the combat aspect of it, you there's it's very limited compared yeah. to the uh, complete a goal any way you want, and, and that yeah. kind of ties in, in in many ways. Yeah, and there are moments where where I have nowhere to go, I, I'm pinned, uh, and it's mm-hmm. broad daylight, um, and I and I, and I peek out, and I get fucking seen. I, there's no way of really <laughs> like to to yeah. show, and then I and then all of a sudden it's broad daylight. There's a whole bunch of people out there, and then I'm dead immediately. Uh, because right. you know I, it's not really a shoot 'em up, you know. So there's little things like that that happen way too often, um, and and it, yeah, it, it takes away from from the game being a perfect game or a, a game that I would uh, talk about it in the same way they talk about Dishonored uh, Two uh, ultimately. Right. However, I I I, I like it. I, one thing that I do like about it is that. Though you're moving back and forth through time, you're essentially always moving forward through the narrative, which I, I really do like about the game because it's all about collecting information. Uh, once you collect the information on certain uh, on certain uh, on certain bad guys and certain uh, levels and certain things you can do, it really opens the game up for you. And I, I, I'm like, uh, you can start seeing the things kind of started like uh, kind of clicking together. How to get all the seven. Um, Visionaries, visionaries. Yeah. Uh, in, in one area because you know there uh, and and this is a slight spoiler but there's uh, uh there's I won't say who they are but there's two visionaries that are lovers and they go meet somewhere else uh, and once you're there there's another visionary who is that that's his like locale it's his area where you can actually kill that visionary and then meet the two other ones that are secretly having the sex uh, mm-hmm. in a <laughs> in a bunker mm. somewhere so you kill three off the bat and then you can go into this other level and you've collected information where you can actually help this scientist discover something because if he would have discovered it he would have gone to the party where the three other visionaries are and so he would have gone he goes there so you there's already a vision 
to kind of killing three here, four there in yeah. one day. And it takes some work. And I like that about the game because you're collecting information. And it's like you're not going to go back to – sometimes you don't go back there to do the same thing again. Um, even though you can, you should go back there and do something different. And there might be a vision over there. You can kill them, sure, but you don't have to kill them. Uh, you're just yeah. trying to, to to do something to kind of get them to recognize. Once he recognizes that for the first time, that's already there for you to do. So it's really simple. You don't have to do the whole kind of mission to to have him remember or finding the codes to open the place where the secret lovers are are hiding out. So all that stuff is really intricate. It's really smart game design. Um, and and for everything that they don't do with the level design, I think that they've done that with the way you collect information in the game and how that parses out and how you can see the vision there with the with the visionaries coming together towards the end of the game. See, I, I, I actually think that's where the game sort of fell apart for me, to be honest, um, because I, I found that the the dot connecting of, of how to, you know, get everyone to sort of, uh, you know, meet in one place and stuff like that and, and following all those leads, I, I sort of found all that really clunky and, and, and uninteresting for the most part. And I think there's a few reasons why. I think, I think you know, one minor reason is I think the menu layout for all that stuff is pretty uh, bulky and counterintuitive and, and coupled with some menu bugs, it makes for a kind of annoying experience um, with how it sort of illustrates leads and info. Um, and then I think it, kind of as a story, um, I just didn't care about these visionaries at all. I think that all eight of them really lacked any substance or, or presence to them to, I guess, amplify their history or, or give some gravity to the conflict at hand with Colt. Um, and so after a while, they just kind of became a bunch of you know weirdos on PA systems on the map until you find them and kill them. And they just sort of became forgettable assassination targets to me. So I really, I didn't even have much of an interest at, 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 as I went on to you know, piece together the puzzle of how to kill them all together because I just didn't care enough about them to kill them all. Um, I, I don't even remember their names. I don't remember anything about most of their characteristics. I mean, um, the game tries to do some stuff with, like, some of the logs you find to, you know, give you some background, but I just didn't find them interesting, and so I lost the the desire to connect those dots personally. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I disagree in that I, the, 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 the dot connecting... Uh, I I think that's really smartly done. I I I've got into moments where I I've you know got the information that I needed, and it, for me it felt very smart. I but I I agree one hundred percent. The visionaries, the story itself, none of that is yeah. really captivating. Uh, I think that the visionaries themselves are a lot like a lot like the other um, uh, NPCs. They they have a little more personality, sure. And they have facial animations, <laughs> uh, but yeah. other than that, I, I they're not very specifically interesting. What I found interesting was me put uh, putting those things together. Like I don't care about those two lovers. I don't give a fuck that they're fucking. That's not really like the ooh. Like the, I can't believe that this guy. <laughs> this they don't who gives a shit. I just like the fact that I found information, which by the way is very missable. You can miss mm -hmm. that information. Yeah. Uh, I found information about these two people, and I now I know where to go in order to do what I need to do in terms of assassinating them. Uh, that that I, I think is great. And I feel, I, I think one of the things that we haven't talked about, that the the star of the of the game itself is Colt. Is Colt. Yeah, I mean, his, Colt his, is his, my his, boy. I like his, Colt. Yeah, his, the way he was written, his 
delivery, line delivery. Oh, it's fucking fantastic. It, he it, has such charisma and yeah. flair. He's he's great. I I love him. He's a he's an awesome protagonist. So yeah, they yeah. killed that shit. Now I will say way. his amazing performance to me is is really derailed by <laughs> his atrocious, poorly written, poorly voiced adversary in Juliana. I don't like her at all. Um, yeah, I, I get what they were trying to do with making her kind of this erratic. Uh, half crazy, half serious, and, and you know, really threatening sort of uh, you know villain of the game. But to me, those moments of dialogue between the two of them just didn't really stand out to me at all. It just felt like, oh, there she is being hyper and very squealy and annoying again. Um, and so I really wasn't compelled to peel back the layers of their relationship or history. So. I think that was a huge miss on uh, on their part, you know, and it's a shame because Colt is such an awesome character, and I just I don't think Julia uh, Julia Juliana um, lives up to um, or, or, or meets him at that bar, uh, which is really a shame because of how much she's emphasized in the game. So it's kind yeah. of a shame to me. Um, did you like her at all, or, or are you kind of somewhere in the middle? Uh, I I don't hate her. I think that the problem with her is that she, the actress, however she, it's completely overshadowed by Colt. Colt is naturalistic in his delivery. He feels like a real person in this fucking stupid uh, time loop. Uh, and she feels like a video game ass character. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when you watch a, um, a Seth Rogen comedy, like Colt would be, like the, the way that he's delivered those 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 kind of lines, it would be within like one of those movies. Like it feels mm-hmm. that good, uh, and she feels yeah. like a a video game character. And I think that dichotomy between each of them when they're talking and they're having that conversation, it feels so different that yeah. she comes off as a little bit a little squealy. I, I, I wanted her I, to be I, cooler I like, than she is. I wanted yeah. her to be like like the, almost like a silent assassin type, like the like a scary like when you see her name on screen like she is yeah. invaded like you go, "Oh my god, you're not thinking of how annoying she is as a character." You know? Like I just wanted her to be cooler. I I ha- okay, so we haven't finished the game, but I have a sneaky suspicion that her performance has to do with who she is. Maybe. Um and so I mean, there's some there's some stuff where I don't think they've crossed the line too much in the conversation that it could be his daughter uh, or something like that. And so I think there's there, there's that um, aspect to it. It still doesn't take away from the fact that it, it would be a bad performance or not a great performance. Uh, but I have a, a, a suspicion that it's like brother, sister, she's the kid's sister. That, 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 that's probably why she sounds so like hyperactive and so squealy. So like... Uh, uh, it feels off. It does, but I feel like maybe that's what what it is. But. You know, I think it wouldn't be so bad if if it didn't feel like the the game story was was on the shoulders of those two characters so much, and that there was yeah. more going on around them, like with more more fleshed out visionary dialogue between them and Colt. Um, but to me, it just feels like the story trails off too early. Um, yeah. To make way for the time loop investigation stuff, but ultimately kind of loses momentum. And then, you know, it, it feels like it peaks a little earlier than it's supposed to, at least from where I'm at. Like, I, I don't feel like it did 
uh, enough outside of the opening hours to keep me compelled. It just felt like it turned into a time puzzle at, at a certain yeah. point, and it lost its its story. Unless you're you know you, you're you're starting a new uh, time of day, and then you have that that banter with Juliana before you you step out into uh, the environment, and that's only all the story that it had. Um, so I, I just expected more from that, but I, I think. I guess overall, to me, um, the game has its moments where it clicks, the gameplay feels good, and even even the roguelike undercurrent feels yeah. manageable and, and, and unintrusive, but I think that those moments for me are, are kind of overshadowed by the clumsy AI, the, the bad stealth, and the disappointing uh, PvP, and, and kind of the, the hollow story. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in terms of, like, keeping keeping on with this game but I, I i do think that it is a very likable game um that i just does uh, it doesn't really meet my expectations um and in a lot of ways it doesn't really deliver on uh some of its um you know admittedly bold premise uh, that it's it's not a roguelike but it's a roguelike kind of thing so but i kind of to wrap up I, I think my my um my final thoughts in the game specifically are um I, I really enjoy it. I really like it a lot, a lot, a lot. It's going to be in my top 10 games of the year for sure. No question about it. Um, I, I I think ultimately for me, um, it's not the surefire number one game that I thought it would be. Um, mm-hmm. I was very excited for it. Uh, I don't think it's disappointed me uh, in any way. I, at these days, I never expect a game, especially after Cyberpunk, that you're okay. looking forward to to be perfect. I think that's unfair. Uh, it's an unfair expectation anyway. So, uh, you know, I, I always expect something to not be perfect. And I, this game is far from perfect. Um, we see the reviews out there, a lot of 10s, a lot of 9s. I, 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 I agree with the spirit of those 10s in terms of like... Oh, how fun they! How much fun they had! How different in yeah, certain sure. ways with I I agree with that. I think ultimately for me, it's not a ten. No. Um, I I lean closer to a nine or eight and a half or eight point five. But that's still fantastic. I mean, I I I I love this game. It could even be a top five game for me. Uh, as a matter of fact, as if I'm looking at my list right now, it's probably number three. Uh, uh, maybe two. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, a lot of games to come, a lot of things. Uh, you know, I still have to, uh, uh, I still have to see where uh, Tales of Arise would fall in that. Want we'll, to we'll keep playing more of that. So, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 a game that I I I, I really really enjoyed uh, now, enjoyed because I'm still playing it. Now let me ask you this: If you had to choose between getting a Deathloop sequel or Arcane doing a new IP that steps away from the roguelike format, what would you prefer? Yeah, that I, I don't want them to do. I don't want them. I don't want them to do a Deathloop sequel um, because hmm. I don't. I ultimately know that I don't like roguelikes. I just don't. And, yeah. and I and I and I, <laughs> and I bear and I bear this one because of everything else around it. Yeah. Um. But I don't think I don't, I don't think that um. I I got to see what Redfall uh, turns out to be. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into some because some, if, some scuttlebutt if, about that one. If Redfall <laughs> turns out to be not great. Uh, give me a Deathloop sequel. You know, yeah. I, ultimately for me, I don't think in any. I don't think that. Um, I don't think that I would be upset for the, for with a Deathloop sequel. But it's just, I, I just, I really don't want to. I really don't want to see this in a sequel of Deathloop. If that means I'm not going to get Dishonored three or something new. You know? I would have to agree. I mean, not because yeah. I have an affinity for their other franchises, but I think to your point about the roguelike thing, yeah. I 
don't need more of this. I, it's starting to become the chic thing to do with games now. Like uh, it used to be a kind of an indie sort of thing, and now you know bigger, more well-known studios are doing their own twist on a roguelike now. And I don't want this to become a trend. I really don't. I'm afraid. I, I'm afraid of like Kojima doing something wacky like this. I'm afraid of other studios like, ooh, we can do that if we we can make a lean game and and, and pad it out and make it into a roguelike well, thing. You know what? I, I, don't, I don't want. That. I don't even think. I don't even think it's devel- developers thinking of it as a lean game. I think that they look at the formula, and being a a talented studio like like arcane or talented developer like kojima they want to challenge themselves to try to make a kojima as kojima game using the parameters of a time loop or something Ugh. because they're challenging themselves and i get that if you're an artist and you want to challenge yourself challenge your team to make something great that's different i get using a a a a, a mechanic that is relegated to smaller games and making a triple-a version of that i get the, the 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 mindset behind it but ultimately i'm just not a fan of of time loop games I, there's Rogue not Lights one time guy. loop yeah. name a roguelike there's not a one time loop game or roguelike game that i can tell you is in my close to my top 100 games like oh no like I, not I, at all and we keep falling in, and we keep falling into the trap like tw- like 12 minutes they, they they said it was a time loop game from day one. It's literally in the fucking title, and <laughs> and we were like, oh, but it could be different. No, it's it's not. Yeah. What's the other game that came out? Um, not, uh, Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds. Oh, Outer you Wilds. Know, people yeah. love Outer Wilds. It, it, so many games of the year, and I'm sure for people who love those genre type, that genre, that is probably their apex mountain. But I don't like time loop games, and I Mm-mm. don't like that game, Returnal. I don't like I don't like the fact the roguelike aspect of it. You know, so yeah. you know this game, uh, Deathloop has accomplished a lot with it. Made this game bearable, where it's a game that I'm still playing and I'm still enjoying, but it's not something that's going to stick with me in yeah. in in the way where let's say this dishonor 2 stuck with me at least i don't think i mean i could keep playing it and maybe it will but as of right now i don't think it will if this game wasn't a roguelike it'd probably be my game of the year at yeah if they had modeled it different i know they had to kind of they built a lot around this whole concept yeah. so it wouldn't be easy but if they had figured out a way to make this just a regular campaign somehow and not have all this stuff going on with the roguelike oh man i would love yeah. this game but uh, you know, likable game, uh, not quite for me, but you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to jump off uh, the game just yet. So, uh, but that is our thoughts on Deathloop, man. Um, why don't we go ahead and shift gears with our Bethesda blowout? And let's let's get to our top three favorite Bethesda games of all the times. Of all the times. Um, so, Pablo, why don't you kick this off first and talk about your number three game and and, and what this game means to you? So, my number three game is Fallout Four. Mm. Um, you know, uh, it was almost Fallout 3, but I would just be lying. Um, I love Fallout 3. Don't get me wrong. You know, when Fallout 3 came out and I played it, I was like, damn, this is a fucking great game. But I think yeah. Fallout 4 is, I, and this is probably sacrilegious result. I think Fallout 4 is the better game. I, I just think it looks no, better. Yeah, yeah it, it, it runs better. It, the story for me is better. Uh, it's just a better game. I think a lot of the things that Fallout 4 ran into is that it was a lot like Fallout 3 and didn't really do anything to change the formula. 
which is for me fine because I, I love Fallout games. And yeah, I think Fallout 4 is better in every way. Um, from the start of the game, normal day, you're a war vet, you're with your spouse, you're with your, you have a newborn baby, a salesman from Vault Company comes, knocks on your door, they implement that and how you actually create your character. Mm -hmm. And then you secure your spot in Vault 111. Once you secure your spot in 111, ominously, uh, the Walter Cronkite like uh, news announcement <laughs> comes over the radio saying, yeah. oh, Bombs just explode. And then you run to the thing you just kind of signed up for. You get into the damn vault, 111. You see your spouse die. By the way, spoilers, guys. You see your spouse <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> die, and you see your baby taken away the from... baby. That's 20. That's the first 20. That's the first 20 minutes of the game. <laughs> now, there's a lot going to be falling to that where they're gonna, people are like, yeah, but then you come out of the vault, and then you spend out doing shit for the Minutemen, and you're not looking for your baby. It's like, okay, but it's a video game also. Relax. Like, you can definitely, if you want to, you don't fucking have to help the Minutemen. You don't have to do any of that shit. You can just go straight line and, and, and mainline the game. Fuck it. Why not? But yeah. just the, the, the stuff around that game, uh, Valentine Detective Company and Valentine himself, I mm -hmm. mean, all that shit is fucking phenomenal. Like, the, like, are you kidding me? Like, it's set in Boston. It's in the, the, the baseball stadium there. That, that's mm -hmm. like one of the cities. It, 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 it's it's innovative in many ways. I, I, I love everything about the game. I love the story. I think the ending is the weakest part of the game with the uh, Institute. Yeah, um, I would say so. I like the twist. I'm going to spoil it right here real quick. The twist being that the main leader of the Institute is actually your baby. And you didn't just get out of the vault as soon as the baby was taken. It was many, many years mm -hmm. uh, after that. Which I never understood the difference with Kellogg, how he stayed looking the same. Yeah. yeah it's good genes. He has some good genes, man. Genes already. The but DNA anyway, was um, on point. Uh, all that stuff, and then just the fact that it, it is a Bethesda open world uh, RPG, Western RPG, and, and and it's fucking phenomenal. It's 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 not it's not Witcher three, but no. it is it is it's Fallout, and it's and it's good, and it's has so many dope things. I love how Fallout takes its setting and makes that part uh, integrated into the game, like the whole following the, the the line for the underground uh you know but it's the same path taken by i think paul revere or some shit like that like you know they use yeah. history and all that stuff to to, to implement it into the game i mean fallout 4 is a is an accomplishment in, in every way and it's just it's a shame how how much this game kind of it didn't get it didn't get shit on but it nobody talked about it like the masterpiece that i think that it is close to being like you know, like outlets, outlets tell, yeah, it's Fallout 4, it's more of the same, but it's just, you know, it's good, but it's not yeah. great. It is, it's fantastic, yeah. So Fallout 3 is, is that number for me, number 3. Alright, well my number 3 is the Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim. So, um, man, this was a weird one to put at number 3, because I'm like, man, I, I love Skyrim, but it's just not, it's just not better than the other two games on my list, so... Mm -hmm. um, but look, I mean, I, I always had kind of a weird history with Elder Scrolls because I got into the series pretty late. I got into it when I played Oblivion uh, for the first time on 360, which yeah. was a big deal for 360 back then. Because oh, yeah. uh, Elder Scrolls, you know, and I didn't know anything about it at the time, was a big deal. So uh, I tried it. Um, I, I realized, oh, this is a pretty big game. I just don't think I was ready for that kind of experience yet because I was more of a JRPG guy at the time. Um, so I, I really didn't, I really didn't grasp it just yet. And um, before that, Morrowind, which is um, you know widely revered as probably the best all around uh, game yeah. in terms of how open ended it is and all the crazy shit you can do. Um, to me, it was as simple as saying that game's ugly when I saw it on <laughs> PC and Xbox. I never yeah. touched it. Um, 
But when I got the Skyrim, obviously uh, it, it, it looked good. It seemed to be really deep and, and open-ended. And at that point, I had the palette for that type of game. So when I played it, um, I was I was pretty immersed. I mean, I um, I struggled with the first person melee stuff pretty pretty heavy, uh, and it wasn't until later that I got into the archery stuff and I felt right at home. But the open endedness of that game, all the amazing quest lines and, and uh, factions and or guilds that you can join, um, those things really really were incredible for for its time. Yeah. Um, you know, it, the game is is installed everywhere now. I think my the Big Mac I ate earlier had Skyrim <laughs> installed in it, but um, I think you know it is a, as annoying as it is to keep seeing that game get re-released everywhere. Um, the game is incredible. I think you know it's just been sort of diluted uh, over the years with how many times it's been re-released. But uh, I, I love that game. I think that the main quest to me is the reason why I, I kept it at number three because it is a pretty drab main story. I think most of the uh, the most fun you'll have in that game is is making your own adventure out of it, which I like. Uh, and I do like the the guild stuff. Uh, the Dark Brotherhood specifically was pretty dope. But um, the main story to me was where it sort of fell short. And I, I think I'm really hoping, and we'll talk about it later on uh, in this segment, but I, I hope that they uh, have a much better main story arc for uh, The Elder Scrolls Six than they do, or they did, that they did here. So uh, that's why it's my number three. But man, I, I, I am so, so in love with this game, and I put so many hours into it uh, across many platforms. But yeah. My number three. Yeah, it's it's undoubtedly my biggest. I think I would say it's my biggest hole in terms of video game. Um, probably. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. Probably. It's a game that I've tried time. It's a game that I missed when it first came out, and then when I was ready to play it a couple of months after, uh, I had my Xbox 360 had broken, and I only had the PlayStation 3. Oh. And then I heard all the terrible stuff about the PlayStation 3 it was and how. Bad. Yeah. yeah, basically, what main issue is that the cache memory. Every time you would open a door, it would oh it would like God. it would uh it would take that into the, it would keep saving that information. Like you open this door, you open this door, and it would fill the cache memory up to the point where it would fuck up the entire game. It like, was a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't even touch it then, and then um and then I just then I just never played it, and then I I, I came out on PS4, it came out on Xbox uh, Xbox One. I Switch. bought them on them. I Switch. I bought it on there as well. Because I went on a trip, I'm like, let me go ahead and play it on the Switch. I know it's not the ideal way of playing it, but at this point, let me get into it. I think, I think total hours, maybe ten hours, in like the last ten years that's been out that I've put out, <laughs> maybe little by little here and there. Yeah. It is, it is my biggest, uh, and it's, I think it's too late for me because I just uh, can't go yeah. back to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, just wait for six. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, and so, but my number two is um, is Dishonored two. Um, this was a late change here for me. Dishonored 2 was my favorite uh, uh, Bethesda game. Uh, but when I do research for the stuff, I think about the game, and I it, it just it, it's number two for uh, as of now. Um, but basically, it, it, I've talked about this game in nauseum in many in many. I think maybe even this podcast. Uh, I think so, so yeah. So <laughs> basically, the, just the, the the onset of the game itself. I mean, it's the level design clock uh the clockwork mansion it's the it's a still in mansion with the with the actual time travel stuff the really cool stuff about uh the game itself uh, game design is just absolutely outstanding in just about every way i mean it's funny because i remember titanfall 2 and this game came out in the same year Mm-hmm. And they both had the level where you would switch between time, like you could actually on the switch switch between like future and and, and uh, 
the present and the future, back and forth. Uh, and I would say that the Stillian Mansion uh, level is the better version of that from Titanfall 2, even though Titanfall 2 is fucking dope as fuck. Uh, but it is, it, it is story, they're telling you an entire uh, story in that level through, through the past I mean, through the uh, past and the present. Like, you're just going back and forth, and it is telling you a linear story that connects beautifully in, in the way... And you can connect, and you can go back and forth anytime you want. So, it is it is very dope to uh, sneak up behind somebody, snap his neck, go into the past, and, you know, see his body there or whatever, and then go back, and that's using that as a stealth mechanic. It, I mean, the shit that they do in that is fucking, like, outstanding. And then the Clockwork Mansion is basically a mansion that is always changing, uh, and the dope shit about that is that it's it's almost theme park esque uh, because you can get behind all those uh, all those cogs and just beat the level like this because you're mm. like literally cheating to get through all that bullshit. Oh, okay. But it's the openness of that game uh, of that level specifically. It is it is an absolute uh, incredible uh, feat. Uh, the story is not wonderful. It's not the best story uh, by any means. But uh, there's a, there's a lot of really cool ways to, to to go through the story itself. And I love playing as Emily. Uh, the first game you play as Corvo. I've played as Emily. I think uh, it makes a lot more sense um, thematically and story-wise. But uh, ultimately, uh, I, this game is just... Uh, it's an awesome game to play uh, because of all the powers, the gunplay, and, and the, all that shit. It's just trash. It's not very good. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but it, it's not why you play the game. And I know that um, one of the reasons that uh, Marco never really got into it is because of the... Um, the input lag and the, the controls. input lag yeah. and the control Camera stuff. sensitivity was bad. And yeah. I, I'm just not I'm just not one of those guys that could fe- feels that too much. You know, it's 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 just the way that I am when I play. I mean, I guess what the people pointed out, I can notice it. You know, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, I had no idea this was a thing until me and Marco really talked about this on it too. So, <laughs> uh, and it's undoubtedly a thing. Uh, but ultimately, it's just it's the game design. It's so fucking brilliant in this game that it really it's just it's it's hard if you can get past that stuff. It's really hard to, to to play this game and not just be completely fucking impressed by what they did here uh, with this game. So that's dishonor two for me. I, I I wasn't impressed at all. Um, you didn't even get to it. <laughs> it's because it's a bad game. No, it's not a bad game. Um, I, I just never got into it myself. I yeah, thought yeah. that the 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 controls were. Uh, way too sluggish and weird for me. The movement never felt good at all. Um, I, I've been hoping that, that Xbox will circle back to uh, Dishonored 2 and, and give it the uh, 60 FPS um, functionality like they did with the first one. Because uh, then I try it again and see if that helped. Because I know when, that, when they did that to Prey, uh, it made yeah. Prey feel a lot better and a lot more responsive uh, than, than it did originally too. So hopefully they'll come back to it, especially now that Arcane is kind of uh, the headline uh, right now with, with Deathloop. So, uh, but just, yeah, never got into yeah. it. But um, my number two game, is um, a game that didn't have that problem and, and didn't have a problem being good either because it was great. Um, <laughs> Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, is uh, is my second favorite Bethesda game. Um, the New Order, for me, when that came out, um, was a game that I completely passed up on because I didn't really, you know, Wolfenstein has this long lineage and, and it's, it's well known. It's, it's up there with the dooms of the world and stuff and quake and stuff like that is, is, you know, one of those types of games, but I never right. really got into it. Um, so, you know, when, when they, when they rebooted it, uh, with, uh, machine games, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they used to be Starbreeze, uh, or, or a lot of people from Starbreeze, um, moved over to, to form machine games. 
that's when I got interested because Starbreeze made the darkness. Uh, they made the Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay on Xbox, which was really, really good. Um, so I was really interested because I knew they know how to tell great stories. Um, right. So when they pulled off what they did with the New Order and they made the story interesting and captivating, um, I could not wait for the New Colossus to come out. And when it did, to me, I think that, and I said this to you offline, I, I, I said that, I says, I says, uh, what'd you say, Zay? I, I said, uh, I think that Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, is almost uh, an amalgamation of everything that's good about Bethesda games. It has um, a little bit of that open endedness, it has that really interesting, unique, pulpy story. Um, it has, um, you know, it has a, a style, an aesthetic visually all its own. Um, it isn't afraid to take some risks. It isn't afraid to tug at some heartstrings, and it all just comes together in this in this really amazing way where you're learning a lot about B.J. Blazkowicz and, and his background. You're um, you're also, you know, kind of battling your own mortality at the same time. You're you're dealing with loss. You know, you're you're dealing with the the wackiness of of the Nazi forces too, all at the same time. <laughs> Those Nazis so wacky. Them Nazis is tripping. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I just loved how all that came together, man. It, it and, and the gameplay was fun. Um, kept things interesting. It wasn't just a corridor shooter. It was. It it, it had a lot of cool pacing to it. Uh, a little bit of stealth in there, but but just enough. It wasn't trying to be a stealthy game per se. Uh, and some really cool plot twists too that I thought were pretty incredible. Uh, that I won't spoil because I want people to play this game. Um, I love it. I I. I I have all every time I look through something to you know I'm looking for something to play I always see it and I'm like do I want to play it again I really want to play it again but I always for some reason I don't but one day I'm going to play through it all over again because it was just incredible I love it yeah so I agree it I mean uh, just just to show you how much I agree my number one game of my top three favorite business <laughs> games is in fact Wolfenstein Two the New Colossus I agree with everything you said I think uh, it's an amalgamation of everything that they've done in the past in terms of like all of Bethesda uh, and into yeah. this game I mean I it sure is it carries a Wolfenstein name but it's not really that kind of it doesn't share a lot of that lineage uh, but I will say man the story of this game Everything about this game. It's hard to talk about this game Fire. without really, without really like spoiling it. But you know, the first game came out, and, and the first game, um, New Order, was a, su- was a surprise for me because I, I, I don't know who Machine Gun Games was. Machine. I, machine. I say Machine Gun. <laughs> I keep saying that. Uh, I don't know who Machine Games was. I, I didn't. I, I, I don't really have an attachment to Wolfenstein really. And I, this game comes out, and I buy it because it's getting incredible reviews, and it just blew me away. I yeah. mean. The narrative, the game, the gunplay, all that is done in a way that is absolutely fantastic. And then the sequels announced, and you think to yourself, okay, I mean, uh, I'm, I was, I, I was very, very excited for the game, but also expecting to be let down because, I mean, you know, what, they're gonna rehash a lot of the story element. No, no, they they go next level. Um, they jumped a shark in this game like seven hundred times, and it still feels good. It feels. <laughs> Dope at oh, don't do it again, man. I'm uh, I just don't, said, yeah. don't make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined the last episode with that shit. Okay, keep oh, going, man. Keep going. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, it's it's uh, I just want to say it again. Uh, I'm not going to, but I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it again. But um, it, it for me, it ultimately just ends up like 
it blew me away. I mean, one of the dopest things about the game itself is, and this is a slight spoiler, but nothing major, is you actually get to see Roswell, New Mexico, a functioning Nazi-occupied small town in this alternate yeah, universe, which yeah. is, which is, it's a small thing when you think about it, but really it's, it's because you play the first game and it's all this dilapidated country and you're over there overseas and you're seeing everything that's happening. The Nazis mm-hmm. actually have taken over. They've won the, the uh, World War II, but you get to see the effects of it in America to the point where you're in this seemingly pretty normal looking town, but it's overrun by Nazis. And, yeah. you know, it, it's it, that those moments like that, that being the most like calm moment of the entire game itself um and then obviously having all these things happen like just things that if i could say them out loud you would be like trash trash yeah you there's have no to, way that happens that's trash yeah. you have to and believe me when this one thing happened you know oh my when God. that happens i'm like there's no way i mean i don't even know how where they're going with this i didn't there's think no they were this, gonna do that I didn't yeah. think that was going to happen. I'm like, every time something like that happens, something always stops yeah. what's happening. I know we're yeah. kind of being really vague yeah, here, yeah. but you yeah, always think, oh, that. no, that's not going to, it won't go down like that. And it does. And you're like, oh. And it does. And, yeah. and, and, and just to the visual aesthetic, the moments, like there's this moment in the game where you're in a fucking house and it gets picked up and you're in the oh, air and the shit is falling right. apart. Like shit like oh, that is God. so, Dude, I got to call an audible. Amazing. I got to call an audible. This, yeah, this is my number one too. <laughs> Because I forgot about stuff like that. Like I was, yeah. and I remembered the, the childhood flashbacks too with his yeah. friend. Oh yeah, and then the racial stuff that was going on with that. Yeah, like, oh, and, his dad, and his dad. And his dad. Oh, this is yeah. my number one. Yeah, this yeah, is my yeah, yeah. One. Okay, so yeah. my number two favorite, but that's also team. wait. Also, <laughs> no, just kidding. To finish that off, yeah, is, no, I know. You get you get to kill Nazis in this motherfucker. Come on, you get to kill Nazis. What? That's as healthy as like brushing your teeth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you kill um, Nazis. Yeah, but that's yeah. it, man. That's my number no. One. Yeah. yeah, that was that's my number one. So that, I'm calling Audible, and I'm going to say that the following game is actually my number two, and that is Fallout Four. Um, it was tough, man, because Fallout Four to me it, it, it is is great for all the reasons that you said at the top of uh, your your uh, your number three uh, tangent, and I, I agree. I think I think what set it apart for me compared to three and even New Vegas is that um, you're actually a character character. You're not just some voiceless person that you design and you just kind of you know you, you could design how they look but you never really see them again this was you know the story played out like a story you hear dialogue from one person the camera cuts to you you see yourself in third person and you can answer and you hear actual voice and that that really to me that that made the game and especially the plot with the whole you know um with the with the sun being taken thing it it made it feel more intimate so i think yeah. from a design oh, yeah. standpoint you kind of had to do that because if you're just some silent protagonist and your son's gone and you're reading oh no my son's gone is one of your options <laughs> like that doesn't have oh, the same no. effect yeah or, so or oh well i'll make another <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so I, I i agree that you know it, it's an incredible game and to me i i love the i i love that world and and that's a that post-apocalyptic kind of world is very tough to get right um because it's it's very easy for developers to make games that you know with with worlds that look bombed out and, and depleted yeah. but this one has a style and a flavor all its own uh it has personality uh you know like, like the fictitious brands that are in the game like nuka cola and, and yeah, you know things like that, that are, are are dope that the pit boy stuff is iconic um and, and that's where i think it has kind of the advantage compared to the elder scrolls is you know not to say the elder scrolls doesn't have its own iconic things um 
you know, like Dark Brotherhood and, and, and guilds and stuff. But Fallout just has its it, it just feels so much more fleshed out as a world that, um, you know, the, the races feel more meaningful, uh, you know, the yeah. ghouls and stuff like that. You know, those types of things feel more meaningful and impactful in this game uh, franchise compared to the Elder Scrolls to me. To me, and, you know, and maybe maybe just because I'm not a big high fantasy fan at the end of the day, uh, and I just take to this type of stuff more. But I, I just think that Fallout Four is um, really the kind of the, their their pinnacle of of that type of formula. Not without its problems and bugs and quirks, of course. But I just thought it it, it is it is their quintessential uh, you know Western RPG. I think out of their catalog for sure. And one of the things that we didn't talk about that Fallout also does really well are your companions. The companions, oh the companions yeah, Skyrim's companions were butthole. Like you, you like the DL. Like there's like um, you can download mods in in, in both games. Yeah, and some of them have like like fully fleshed out um, side you know companions. Like in Skyrim's, Skyrim's modded companions are more interesting than the ones that are in the game. You know, whereas in this game you have dog meat, which is it's dog meat. You know, you gotta love dog meat. You have you know uh, the detective Valentine. You have oh my god. You have um, uh, what's his name Prescott or something or Preston, yeah, yeah. From, uh, Preston. from that community like the ghoul yeah, the Miniman yeah no 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 this is the this is the guy from one of the communities he, he's dressed oh, like ghoul. a pirate yeah 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 he's yeah. dressed like a, like oh. a, not a pirate it's like a oldie like um, uh, yeah, kind of like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like a war civil war kind of thing like yeah, yeah 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 he's so dope yeah you're right about that like that that's that stuff is is really important so yeah. he has no nose so he talks like hey how you doing <laughs> because he has no nose it's so yeah. good yeah so yeah, yeah. Uh, so so my my new top three is uh, Skyrim. Fallout 4, oh. and I had to move Wolfenstein too. I don't know what I was thinking. I was One on thing drugs. about Fallout 4 that I liked is when you're the Valentine demo, that whole thing plays out like, I, man, she, I'm a gangster. <laughs> the, the guy who goes, hey. I'm a gumshoe. My name um, is Sloppy Joe. Man. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah. all right, man. Well, that, that takes care of our top three favorite Bethesda games, so let's round this out. Um, with our future Bethesda game breakdown. Uh, and we're just going to kind of go through these, uh, you know, semi-rapid fire here and just sort of talk about uh, the upcoming games we know Bethesda is is for sure working on. Some of them are coming soon. Some of them are a ways off. But we wanted to kind of share our hype levels and just our overall thoughts on uh, what these games are, are potentially going to be, what we're hoping for, and what would make them maybe a success or a failure. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so best place to start, I think, is with uh, Starfield. Um, you know, I think for me, dude, this, this, if, if we're doing hype scores here out of five, I'm definitely giving this a five, uh, much like I was at E3, uh, when they, when they revealed it, the game speaks to me. It, it is exactly yeah. what I want. It has that, that realistic sci-fi feel like that NASA style, uh, that you mentioned in that episode that I really love. Um, it, we, you know, we haven't seen any real gameplay yet, so that's kind of going to yeah, be yeah. the real definitive test for me to see where this game is at. But I think that this game is, is, is special, you know, just in terms of its aesthetic alone. And it seems like, again, you know, when Sony was kind of jockeying for position to lock this game in as an exclusive, and then obviously Microsoft's like, we'll just buy everybody. Um, that, to Goodbye. me, said something about what this game could potentially be uh, in terms of quality from what they were shown. Uh, so I, I have nothing to really be concerned about. I'm just kind of hoping that they've taken some lessons learned from the fallouts and the Skyrims and, and and get this game out very polished or as polished as they can so that it's not, you know, that that first two months of bugs and, and clipping through things and all that weird shit. I think some of that's going to be unavoidable, 
but I hope they contain that as much as possible for this game to be um, what I think they want it to be in terms of critical uh, consensus. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, a lot of rumors about Starfield is that you know it was supposed to come out in 2019, come out in 2020, come out in 2021, mm-hmm. which is where we're at right now. I will be 2022. It's going to come out in 2022. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I, I think um, that one of the reasons for that is because of that. I, the, the bugs. I think that they're trying to have this game come out as bug-free as possible because they have so much writing on this. It's like 25 years the first time they make a new IP. Yeah. So they have so much writing in, in, in more ways than one. One, obviously... Bethesda's legacy, right? As a as a Western RPG company, and basically it's all they do. Two, the fact that Xbox, this is not the reason why they bought them, but this is a big part of the uh, of the quirks, right? Or, or the of the um, how do you call it? Uh, basically, of why you buy a couple like this for games like this, yeah, yeah. You know, the 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 future of what what the, this game could be could be the third pillar, fall, uh, you know, Fallout Elders and 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 you know, in right, this, right, uh, in um, Starfield. Uh, Starfield. So ultimately, for me, uh, I'm with you. I'm five out of five for this. I think there's so much writing on this game that it's it'll be it'll be really hard for them to fuck it up because they already have a a a a frame of what a working really good Western RPG is. And if they make that and then they expound upon that and they make it next generation and they really improve on the things that need to be improved, make things feel new. I I, I think for me, it, it's hard for them to, to fuck that up. However, it's really easy for them to make an okay game in that in that <laughs> genre. So it's that weird thing there. But I'm five out of five, no doubt about it, when it comes to Starfield. I cannot wait. There's plenty of, there's plenty of time. I, I, I do want to see gameplay. And if I don't and if I don't see gameplay by E3 then we're gonna have some problems. Oh it's yeah, gonna be concerning. But I'm, I'm sure that the, I'm sure that the, that's what next E3 is gonna be all about. It's they're gonna have a huge blowout on. Oh, I'm sure it's gonna be like a yeah, 15 wait. minute like demo or something like that. Or it has through. to be. And yeah, I, and I, I can't wait. Yeah, um, I can wait for Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, uh, I can wait. Yeah. Um, now here's the thing, I think that Ghostwire is in an interesting position now because of Deathloop, where. Yeah. Its obscurity is maybe not as much of a concern to people right. now because of That's how right. Deathloop is is perceived at this point. So, I'm going to be honest. I, you know, my opinion on the game hasn't changed much from when we saw it at the PlayStation Showcase. It's still completely off the wall and weird. But I will say I'm a little bit more receptive to it now because I I like the fact that it's taking chances because I kind of like the fact that Deathloop took a chance, even though I'm not a roguelike guy, as we said. Um, so I will say my hype level is a two out of five because I'm I'm slightly more curious now about how this game's going to pan out than I was pre-Deathloop release. So um, I still have a lot of concerns about the game, though. I don't want a game that's just trying to be scary for the sake of being scary. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of context. And I, I think what this game needs to show us next is we need to see what 10 minutes of gameplay, 15 minutes of gameplay looks like. What, like is, what, is, the, what is the flow of this game? What is the pace? Um, how does it function? What are the what, What's kind of the minute-to-minute things that you do in this game? Because every time they splice these trailers, it's always action, 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 action. And 
I don't know if that's how it's going to feel the whole time. I would imagine not because that would just be overkill. So yeah. I just kind of want to get a better understanding of this game's pace and structure before I can really say what I feel about it. But from what I do know and with Deathloop in mind, I'll say my hype level is at a two. Where are you at? Here's the difference. Um, I, I think that when you look at Deathloop, you, we didn't know what exactly it was, but we knew it was going to be an arcane type of uh, dishonored kind of game. It just aesthetically, the way it looked, it was going to have that. Um, I don't know what the fuck this looks like. I mean, it looks super. <laughs> like I don't. It does look not. Looks it nothing doesn't. like Evil. Like Evil Within, no. and though Evil Within Two is a decent game and a game that I when I played it, I was like, oh, this is surprise. It, it, it was better in that I thought it was going to be trash, and it wasn't right. But I, if there's never a Evil Within Three, uh, that's fine. And so because I don't have the same kind of, uh, I'm not no, no attachment that I have with Arcane. I don't have that with with Tango GameWorks. My 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 hype level is a one. It's a one out of five. I just I don't know what this game looks like. I'm not really interested in the company and in terms of what they do anyway. And ultimately, if it's a lot like Evil Within, that's fine. But if it's not, I mean, it just it, it, there's a lot there. I at the very least with Deathloop, I kind of had an idea how the game was gonna play, or at least the things that I can do within the game, which is exactly what I thought it was, right? Mm -hmm. But I I have no fucking idea what this game is, and I have no idea what to, what to, to kind of relate it to. What it what so I just don't I don't have any I don't have any excitement for this game at all. I mean, this game has to be like a nine mm. for me to even really like consider it because I'm just it just doesn't speak to me in any way at yeah, all. I feel that. Um, Redfall is the next mm -hmm. game uh, developed by Arcane Austin. Um, so recently there was some, I think it was pre-alpha uh, images of the game that were leaked. Uh, and the leaker of, of those images also went on to describe uh, some aspects of the game. And the game that he felt this that, that Redfall is, is the closest to is Borderlands. Which to me, that's, that's going to make me vomit. Because um, I hate that shit. Uh, now, yeah. I, I think that the issue with that is, okay, what ex how exactly? Like, why? Because like, Borderlands is kind of a... It's, it's the gun loot yeah, it's a lot of thing. Of I mean, it's like that. If it's destiny is too. Yeah, I mean, if it, I guess what I take from it is that it's a glorified PVE experience, just in kind of campaign form, and maybe it's 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 something in the in the neighborhood of like a Back for Blood, not quite, but maybe something like that. Um, I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, you know, obviously, who knows what the game's really like? I think that's going to be the key. Let's see some gameplay. How does it actually work? What are the characters like? How does the art style look? Blah blah blah. Um, I need to see all of that before I can give a like a real assessment. Um, but right now, I think you know I, I'm still on the same boat, and we've talked about it before with you know the, the the CG trailer not really being a proper representation of what the game actually is right. uh, has continued to be a disappointment for me because it would be nice to know more about that game right now as as we're kind of in this high of Deathloop, you know. Um, I think my hype levels are two. Uh, to be honest, I, I think it was kind of at a three, but I'm just sort of less interested in the status of this game as time goes on, especially if it's got some, uh, you know, medium to strong similarities to Borderlands. Um, that does that definitely doesn't instill confidence in me. But, you know, it's 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 a it's a thing where you got to take that stuff with a grain of salt for now. So I yeah, think that's where I, I'm at. I, I don't believe any I don't believe that report 
in, in, in the way it was described because if this person was a Destiny fan, they would have said Destiny, you know, because there's not, I mean, is it, it's not cell shaded. I mean, a lot of what makes, a lot of what makes, um, that game, that game, um, is the fucking cell shade, the, the comedy, quote unquote comedy, yeah. uh, of it. Uh, I'm talking about Borderlands. Um, I, you know, so that game doesn't look like that at all. You know, so at least from the from the CG trailer and from the pre-alpha uh, leak, th- none of that is similar to what that game would look. And then little things in, in that actual, um, uh, in that thing said, this game is in map size like Fallout 76 or, and, um, or uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I'm like... <laughs> Fallout 76 is 120 square miles. Ghost of Tsushima is 11 square miles. Like, what, what? that's like such a cover all your bases. Yeah. Like the biggest game and the smallest game in, in that open world. So I, I think that I'm sure that the game is open world. I'm sure that the game has some level of looter shooter to it. Uh, but that doesn't mean that is it is uh, unapologetically a Borderlands clone. And I don't think it's going to, you know, the, the whole map size shit is fucking just comedy to me. I, I, it's a three out of five for me. And the reason it is is because it's arcane. Uh, and, and and again, the whole thing, hey, this is could be, it's like a PvE thing. But also arcane has already come out and said, you can very much play this game alone, single player. And it supports that. And it's a, it is it can be played as a single-player narrative game. So there's a lot of those little weird things that are being thrown around in terms of, like, this person that described this game really just went generalistic in a way where it's like he can definitely say, I told you so, because <laughs> it doesn't matter. He said so much shit. But I, 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 I think that the game does have an element of a multiplayer to it. It has to. The way that, that that trailer showed showed multiple people you know, in a team. So it, there's there's got to be truth to a little bit of everything that that the leak is saying, I'm sure. But mm. for me, it is an arcane game. Um, if I knew exactly what this was, if this was another immersive sim, uh, open world like Dishonored, this would be a five out of five, like no doubt about it. But because of the questions behind what the game actually is, what the game probably is gonna have, I'm at a three out of five. And for me, an arcane game that's pretty low in my opinion. But yeah, that's where I'm at with Redfall. All right. Uh, if you thought that was low. Um, <laughs> up next, we're going to talk about Indiana Jones, which is uh, being made by Machine Games. Um, every once in a while, I got to piss off some listeners and maybe even you um, with with my horrible taste in things, but or lack thereof. And in this case, not an Indiana Jonah. Uh, not I can't even say his name. Indiana Jonah, the, the Jonas. Indiana uh, <laughs> Jonas Brothers. I don't like any of them. Um, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Indiana Jones, man. I never got into that 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 franchise. Um, the movies were, to me, they were fine. Um, I just blasphemy. Never got into them. I I just don't see the appeal. I think it's 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 cool. Um, I just don't know what makes people like adore it so much. So uh, it, to me, it's fucking good. That's that's always what <laughs> that's always the answer. But then when I ask for like why, it's like, whoa, uh, it's a pulpy, it's a pulpy adventure, you know, uh, story that has a really badass uh, guy in Indiana Jones, which I love him, which he's, you know, they named the dog Indiana Jones, but one out of five on the hype meter. I don't get, I'll tell you why I don't get that from you because of everything that, that, even though you don't like the movies, what Indiana Jones has done in video games. For example, Indiana Jones has inspired Uncharted. Tomb Raider. And Tomb Raider, And yeah. Tomb Raider, Uncharted, uh, you know, Uncharted was inspired by Tomb Raider. So even if you don't like the movie, the explorer finding the treasure aspect of it is a, a proven thing with Uncharted. And I feel like for me, 
and I'll, I'll cut it here. For me, it's a five out of five for a few reasons. One, I love Indiana Jones movies. I think they're they're great films. Two, I love Tomb Raider and I and Uncharted. I, I love most of those games. And I feel like if you could go back to the source in Indiana Jones and make a game that's as good as an Uncharted game, you got that. But also, you got machine games we just fawned over for uh, for um, uh, for Wolfenstein 2. I mean, they're uh, they're 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 a, a development team of great pedigree. I feel like maybe that they're going to the reason that they picked them is because they could probably make this game as good as we wanted to. You be. know how this feels I mean, to me? It feels like this is what it feels like when Eidos Montreal went from Deus Ex to making Marvel games. But I never thought Marvel was going to be good because those games are never. First of all, those games never do well. As soon as they fucking said that this was going to be a Destiny-like, that was going to be trash. <laughs> a, but, I mean, Indiana Jones doesn't lend, lend itself to those kind of games. I think it's going to be a very, especially when you pick machine games, I think it's going to be a very much a narrative single-player type of, of experience because of the studio that they, they've chosen to, to make it. Uh, but I, 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 I just don't see no downside to Indiana Jones. I mean, other than it could be a bad game uh, executed poorly, but in terms of like the hype level and expectations i just don't see the downside of it because it there's proven games with, with with tomb raider and uncharted and this is like literally the the godfather of all those things in terms of ip so i don't know i i, I personally don't see the downfall or the downside on being hyped for indiana jones because even if you don't like the movie or the character i'm sure that they're gonna do their own version of that specifically machine gun machine gums uh machine games <laughs> and and i i just feel like it, for me Ultimately, there's, I don't see no downside for the Indiana Jones franchise as a video game. So, fuera. I think that's what you guys say, right? When you don't like <laughs> yeah, something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, last game on our list is the Elder Scrolls Six um, by Bethesda. You know, um, this is an interesting one for me because. I don't really know what I want this game to be. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't want it to be like Skyrim because then it would just feel like more of the same. Yeah. I don't want it to be too risky with what it does and then it turns into a Fallout 76 kind of debacle. Right. I just don't know what I want this game to be. So it's not that I'm not hyped for the game. It's just that I don't really know what I am even looking forward to at this point in time. So I have to kind of give it a three, which is a little weird. It feels like I should give it a five, but to me, it's kind of somewhere in the middle because there's just there's a lot of questions about to me about how they're going to evolve this franchise that I'm really curious about. And because we're such a ways off from knowing the answers to that question, um, I, I can't get too hyped at this point about it because... It, we're, we're, we're so far off, but oh, yeah. I think I'm just sort of in this weird space where I, I'm kind of confused about what I want this game to be, and I wonder if if partially why it's taking so long for them is not necessarily because they have a big game to make, but also because maybe they didn't kind of know what they wanted to do with this, too. Um it yeah, wouldn't it surprise me at all if maybe at one point they were trying to make this an online thing, but then it would have been too much overlap with the Elder Scrolls Online as well. So then, then what do you do, right? So, yeah, I, I'm just confused about this one. Um, so I'm I'm just gonna say three for now. How how are you feeling? 
I, you know, I, I'm a Fallout guy through and through, but I mean, I, I, I'm a Bethesda fan. Like, I mean, it's one of the reasons we're doing this blowout is yeah, because yeah. we are massive Bethesda fans. And, you know, their next big project after Starfield is probably going to be Elder Scrolls. And I feel like the next entry, any game that Bethesda makes that's their AAA next big thing, is a game that I'm going to be excited for. I don't know what I want because I don't, I, I'm not sure that I'm even a fan of Elder Scrolls. Yeah, to begin that's true. With. <laughs> but, uh, but I know that I'm going to be hype. I can't give it a 5 out of 5 because it's not a future Fallout game, but it's a 4 out of 5 for me because I, okay. I, I, I'm just excited for what Bethesda is going to do next. And I'm always going to be excited for them um, in, in, what, in what they do. So, I, I I'm looking forward to, to to Elder Scrolls Six, but I just don't know exactly what I want from mm-hmm. it. But I do know that it's Bethesda's next big thing after Starfield, and I'm here for it. So all right, all right, man. Well, that wraps up our Bethesda blowout. That was a good time. And I will say real quick, oh, wait, I am so glad Fallout seventy six came out and, and didn't do as well as expected because oh, oh it would, that, that shit would have been on everything. Oh, it would have been yeah, it would have been a nightmare. Yeah, I'm actually which yeah, is kind of like a good point. What, which is kind of like what Anthem did when Anthem <laughs> shit the bed yeah. and, fought and and hopefully saved uh, Dragon Age. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, maybe yeah. we shouldn't do more online games they again. They didn't, they didn't like it. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's a good point. <laughs> 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 All right. So, uh, speaking of games we like, uh, it is time for The Cool Down Countdown. <laughs> I, you always get me with that shit. I uh, always go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> stop kikikiing over there, boy. Um, all right, man. So we are almost done. We are on our number two games of all time. So as per usual, Pablo, why don't you kick it off? Recap your uh, your, your games on your list, and then hit us with your second favorite game of all time. Uh, number ten is Dark Souls three. Number nine is Celeste. Number eight, The Last of Us. Uh, number seven, Red Dead Redemption two. Number six, Super Mario World. Number five, The Lord. I always do this. The Legend of Zelda, <laughs> the, uh, Lord. Breath of the, Wild. <laughs> the Lord of Zelda, my Lord is Enchantress. Uh, number four, Mass Effect 2. Number three, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. And number two is Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, uh, my number two game of all time. I think, um, I, for me, it's a monumental masterpiece, and it's in your top ten games of all time. So I mean, that's that that you can't take that away from it. But yeah. it, it takes the Metal Gear formula and reinvents it without losing the essence of what a Metal Gear Solid game is, which we've seen happen with Metal Gear Solid Four and Phantom Pain. Uh, it's a, it's from its spy genre film aesthetic, namely James Bond. Uh, it, it breathes life into the espionage aspect of the game by. Uh, by intrinsically kind of tying that in with genre films from the decade that Metal Gear Solid 3 was based on. Uh, so, like, uh, it, a lot of that can be said with Metal Gear Solid 2. Like, Metal Gear Solid 2 was based in the year 2000, and a lot of the spy aesthetics is a lot of, when you look at film of that time, is what those spy films were. Like, you know, uh, a lot of, like, Russian involvement and stuff like that. And and But for me, the Metal Gear Solid 3, the James Bond aesthetic, that is very near and dear to me, and so that is uh, up my alley. I think in terms of the story, Kojima had a pretty open template with what needed to do, so if there was a prequel... And then, obviously, the the boss fight at the end of that game is absolutely fantastic. But uh, all the other boss fights, not all of them fucking, like, the best, but a lot of them are really fucking incredible. And you got to think of it from this game, uh, from if this game were to come out this 
uh, again and with the graphics from today i think it would be an absolute fucking masterpiece still but this game came out years ago and it and it just kind of did things that you weren't even expecting the whole camouflage thing is it, it, people take that to task and yeah you do spend a lot of time in the menus with it but at the time when that game released that aspect of it was so fucking unique and incredible and there wasn't survivor games there wasn't rust there wasn't like day uh, daisy this was the first time you were and i can recollect that i had to really uh you know use my cigar to burn the leeches off of me and and, and kind of you know oh yeah take the bullet out of my the shit like that it was so like innovative innovative and it you weren't really there were games weren't doing that now there's a genre specifically based on survival right uh but it's just all these things in that game introduced into the world of video game plus the story itself uh all that is just really really just bringing moments that unfortunately kind of got shit on by four, where all the chickens came to roost. Weren't it didn't take all these incredible things that Kojima had set up. Didn't really do well with it. But you know, big boss and and, and the start of that. Oh man, it's just it really is for me. Uh, it, it's a it's a it's a life changing game for me in my video game kind of uh, hobby because it's just a game that I can't recall playing and being like. I don't know any game that's done this, and it, honestly, I don't know of any game since then that can that's really done taken all these different elements and put it into this one thing and made this cohesive, uh, cohesive product that still for me is my favorite Metal Gear Solid game and is my number two f uh, favorite game of all time. So uh, that's uh, I mean I know Marco talked about it already, so there's not really much else left to say. But yeah, that's that's where I'm at with nah, Metal Gear Solid Two. Yeah, that's your that's your experience, yeah. and, and you're wrong because Metal Gear Solid Two is a better game. <laughs> all right, let me go ahead and recap my. Uh, my list so far and I'll hit you with my number two so number 10 is Final Fantasy 8 number 9 is Persona 5 number 8 is Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater number 7 is Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty number 6 is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt number 5 is Mass Effect 2 number 4 is Final Fantasy 7 number 3 is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic and my number two favorite game of all time is The Last of Us. So, I actually prepared uh, my, my thoughts about this game. I'm going to read those aloud, if that's okay with you in the streets. Absolutely. Um, so, I'm, I'm going to kind of, you know, transport people back to this game as best I can. Um, one minute, you're a blonde-haired, soccer-loving child roaming the house until screams, explosions, and a terrifying outbreak leave you running to your dad's arms for safety. And the next, you're a loving father crying in agony as his pride and joy bleeds to death in his arms. Twenty years later, you're a grizzled shell of who you once were, scratching and clawing out of sheer instinct to survive a harrowing new way of life. You manage, but all you do is manage until you meet a child that changes you forever. She runs her mouth, swears like a sailor, and slows you down. But, as much as you hate to admit it, she cracks you up with her weirdness. She's a handful, and she's probably more trouble than she's worth, but a special bond forms between the two of you that slowly reawakens the parent in you. The better you. You run, you fight, you teach, and you trust each other with every passing day. You meet people, you lose people, and you hurt people, both innocent and vile, to save humanity, but to also protect each other. But you reach your destination, and now you're faced with another goodbye. A great loss, but for the greater good of the world. But the parent in you says no. The better you says no. The selfish you 
kills everything. You're every bit as ashamed as you are relieved. It was wrong, but it was worth it. But you know she can't learn the truth. She wanted this. So you commit to the lie, no matter what, no matter what. Then you put the controller down. You sit back in your chair, frozen, blank, full, but numb, almost empty. You look at your other games. No, nothing sounds good. Nothing will ever be like that, like The Last of Us. So, for its masterful storytelling, heart-wrenching moments, scrappy gameplay, immersive world, and unsettling dangers both clicker and human, The Last of Us, to me, is the unequivocal pinnacle of gaming. It's just not my favorite game of all time. So... Last of Us, and I, let me add to that. That game is trash, bro. All right, that's I'm gonna wrap up today's show. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, that was that was uh, that was awesome. That, that was great. Cool, man. Well, I was, you know, spoilers. Uh, our number one is you, the listener, uh, because you listened to this week's show. So thank you for that, and please, of course, subscribe to us on wherever you stream your podcasts, and also follow us on Twitter at CooldownTimePod, and check us out on Instagram at CooldownTimePodcast. We just hit our first 100 followers. We'd love to have 100 more, so please help us out with that. And until next time, um, keep us in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, we're, we're just, no. <laughs> I don't mean to get so dire. But, uh, but we really appreciate your support. No, and, uh, and, and be sure to follow us. That way our toxic-ass opinions will always be in your FOV. That'll do it for us, and we will see you next week.